The following podcast is a B&E Network exclusive. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Two Versus Three. I'm Kyle, that's Cody, and Greg. It's been a while. It's the sound of refreshment right there. Yeah, exactly. So it's our first uh, time back in the booth for 2017. Yes, sir. And first time in probably a month or close to it, I think. Yeah, we took a little break for the holidays. Yeah, and it's cold as shit out. It's slippery. It's dangerous now to actually record. Mm-hmm. So, you know, putting our lives at risk being well, here in the studio. So you better fucking listen. Only for you. We live yeah. in the studio. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Uh, so I think for this one, we're going to do a wrap up of 2016, say what our favorite things for, you know, pop culture shit. We're going to do TVs, movies, comics, uh, video games, and then probably wrap it up with what our favorite overall thing was for 2016, which was overall, most people say a shit year. Yeah. At the end, I think we should cop it with a scene where we look forward to coming up this Something year. a little positive after a crap year. So it seems like this is going to be a good year. For uh, entertainment wise, definitely started off better than last year. Comics, movies, I mean, a lot of things. There's a lot happening in uh, 2017. Oh, yeah, there's a, a slew. Yeah, a slew. I guess we'll get to that later. All right, so you guys want to start it off with uh, maybe our favorite TV shows of this year? Yeah, so I guess we'll just do, We're like, gonna do three each. Three we'll each, yeah. We'll start, we'll start with the third one. Third favorite for everything. You know, a little build up. All right. Cody, why don't you hit it off? I'll start off. Um, by no means is am I considering this like the best of the year. I, I'm th- all of these are my favorites. Yeah, like, like, what like, entertained just me personally? Those. Personal list. But I'll say uh, number three for TV shows is um, comic book men. Mm. Oh really? Mm. Comic. Uh, it's a TV show that gets slept on a lot. I feel uh, their uh, time slots horrible. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> their time slots uh, like twelve thirty on Sunday after after Talking Dead. Who the fuck is awake at 12.30 yes, on Sunday? So not even is it after The Walking Dead. It's after The Fucking Talking Dead. So no one really watches it. But uh, I enjoy it. I listen to like all their podcasts and stuff like that. And it's nice to see like an insider to a lot of like prices for the comic book industry. Like, like all the expensive yeah, ones. Yeah, it's, kind of, it's like Pawn Stars, but for comic books, you know? Yeah, I only ever watched um, like the first season, like the first few episodes. You know, like they had like a Superman number, or Action Comics number one and that kind of shit. Well, what's neat about it is like the format is they have their like in-store shenanigans going on, but they keep going back into like a podcast style studio with Kevin Smith, and that's how they do their discussions. <laughs> Always yeah. looking so shocked and like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had a question about that. I, I used to listen to a lot of his podcasts, uh, and I remember seeing the first few episodes. Is he standing up? Yes, he's the only one that's standing. Okay, up. that's weird. <laughs> Just for the audience, we're sitting down because who the fuck doesn't sit down? He's when so you're animated, doing an though. hour or more of podcasting. He calls it exercise, probably. <laughs> but he's thin now, isn't he? Uh, thinner. Thinnish. All right. Well, maybe that's how he got there. I'm going to lose a few pounds this year. Maybe my New Year's resolution should be standing while I do this. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> that would be really awkward. Yeah, I'm not going to actually fucking do that. That's stupid. So, yeah, that, that would be my number three for TV shows of the year. What about you, Greg? Um, did Game of Thrones come out this year? <laughs> or I guess 2016. That's, that's not it, but... There was a season of Game of Thrones yeah. this year. I remember... Oh, shit. I kind of... I, no, fuck, it's not Game of Thrones. That. It's not Game of Thrones, but what I was going to say is, well, I can remember while watching Game of Thrones, and, like, every week you get super hyped to see the new episode of Game of Thrones, and I was finding myself more and more getting more excited to see a new episode of Preacher, 
which was going on at the same oh, time. Yeah. Which is kind of hard to rival, right? It's like, I think it might even had like, like at the same time, like while Preacher was on, Game of Thrones was on. So no one was so watching no one Preacher. was watching it, but I... I well, might, all I'm, the people that were waiting to download... Yeah, right. I, I could <laughs> be wrong about that, but I feel like they were really similar. Clo- but Preacher was was great. Well, yeah, it's based off a image comic book series, right? Yeah, and I can't I can't remember the guy's name, but I feel like he passed away this year too, or I, I guess 2016 year. Like the, the creator? Writer? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's shit. Fuck. One of the artists or writers, I don't I don't know. There was tributes to him in the back of like every fucking book for a couple so of weeks. What's kind of like the like sum up what that story is yeah because i have no idea what preacher is i've not seen Man, that was what was kind of neat about it was for the longest time you just don't really know it's about like a priest that loses faith and all the while he you knowing that he used to have this shady background and then he gets the voice of god and a lot of shit starts going south. Like, like he hears the voice of god no, or no, he like, is the voice of he god? is the voice of god and every time he says something like he, he wills it to happen like people do you know he told some guy to go to hell and the guy like goes to hell like he just has like command over everything that he says it's a really weird show yeah that sounds weird what network was it on uh, amc oh so still like a so like around the walking dead yeah mm-hmm. like it was pretty violent and it's like witty and kind of funny it was good it was it was refreshing i don't know in in which way like it was refreshing but and it was the first season it was just the one season like cuz it was the classic of everything that's been going on like comic book ad- adaptation but I got a soft spot for like religion in as like a well because you grew up religious so a lot of those topics are kind of taboo to you right well like yeah like I, I like it being taught something that it was like scripture or something I like the idea of it being well, turned into a comic or really fantastical fictional. as it is you know like there's these fucking angels and they just seem really out of place it's it was good I was good I definitely put that in as my number three have you read the comic I haven't yet from but what I understand is. Uh, Seth Rogen is one of the executive producers. Yeah, and, oh, that's this show. Okay, yeah, I'm, and uh, that right. other who's the guy that does all his movies, Evan, Evan yeah. Goldberg. Goldberg. Yeah, they're Gold executive Blue, producers. Yeah. yeah, they're executive producers, and I think they've done some writing for it as well. It's like a stoner comedy, man. Like there's a vampire in it. He's just always blazing. So it's a comedy. I assumed it was. A, yeah, no, it's that. it's not. A, it's a it's a comedy. It's it's pretty good. Shit, I should check it out then. Um, oh, sorry, you guys asked me a question. Though, I thought about it, the comic book. Oh, well, from what I hear, though, they, they did a really good job at staying true, but also making necessary changes that I guess wouldn't work for television. So if, from what I was told, it's best to wait. Like, I don't want to ruin ruin it. And the, the show is really good. Oh, okay. Like you're avoiding like, the Like I'm comic. avoiding reading the book, yeah, because I think it's only like less than 50 issues, like 40-something issues. Hmm. Yeah. Shit. What about you, Kyle? Number three for me is a bit of a cheat. Jeez. <laughs> uh, I'll say why, because I, like, I started watching it and t- like it, there's three seasons of it. It's Black Mirror. Uh, there's three seasons out now, and I only started watching it this year, so I'm kind of lumping in all of it into one. And, well, and I, I haven't even finished all of season three. Pardon? I was gonna say, didn't it only just get available on Netflix this year? Or uh, yeah, it's definitely on, that's how I found it this year was on Netflix, and like the first two seasons only have seven episodes total and the third season has six so like it's a lot like m- almost half of it is just this season hmm. but and i've only seen a few of those episodes but i don't know for those that don't know it's like a basically it's twilight zone like each episode it's, it's is an anthology show yeah it's all anthology each episode is different so and this year. and it's like <laughs> super twilight zone like it, it's just like a modern one like everything's kind of like technology focused and how you know 
something that you could totally see happening today. Like if technology got a little further in this one area, this is how it could get completely fucked up in some weird is way. Is it like horror edged? Y- yes. Like it's all in the sense that Twilight Zone was, right? Where they weren't yeah. all like, it's not like ghosts and shit. It's all like, this could go bad. This could happen and to you. And it would be really or, fucked up. Or yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Like the world could fall apart in this way. Or hmm. I've never even heard of the show. Oh, really? Yeah, what, oh. what channel is it on? I have no idea. What, I, I just I know from B- Netflix. BBC. Oh, it's a British yeah, show? Yeah, it's British. Oh, okay. For the most part, anyway. Yeah, like everybody's usually British. Like there's not really, there's very few episodes where you're like, oh, that's that guy. Like John Hamm from Mad Men would be probably like the person that's in it that you'd be like, that. he's famous and he's only in like, you know. One of the episodes? Basically, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like. Really fucking good. The first time you heard about it, like him and Reg talk about it every time they come over. I zone out a lot, man. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, there's a reason. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. Each episode's like anywhere between 45 minutes to an hour and a half or a little less than that. So they're all like each kind of like mini movies. And some of the best like sci-fi shit I've seen in a long time. So that's my number three. Nice. Guess number two is... I feel like this is kind of an obvious pick. You guys probably might have it here or maybe number one, but Westworld. Great new show. We all Great loved it. Season. Yeah. Yeah. We, we obviously talked Did about like it three a lot on of this it. show. Um, what went into it and have knowing idea what to expect. Like I saw the trailer maybe a week before it came out. And I was like, Oh, this looks like it, it's shot beautifully. Like yeah. HBO could be a good story. And then fucking it's awesome can really ask for more right now excited for season two yeah it was like for me I, my brother told me about it i think like when it was first announced for hbo and he's like oh yeah you know it's got like christopher nolan's attached to it so like or not christopher nolan but jonathan nolan or whatever his brother is yeah and uh like no oh, it's it based off this old movie and book and i was like in there and he was like they're spending a shit ton of money i'm hyped and i was like oh that sounds kind of cool and forgot about it for like a year yeah. And then all of a sudden I see that it's on and everyone's talking about it on fucking Twitter. And I'm like, I got to download this shit. Every Yahoo and their podcast is talking about Westworld. Yeah, exactly. Every asshole what with a mic. What theory do you have? Yeah. What about you, Greg? Who's number two? Uh, number two uh, is, uh, well, I was just saying, it's like, I I want to put it as number one, unbi- like biasly, but, but it, the season was kind of lacking, but. Star Wars Rebels. I can't make any list that doesn't have Star Wars in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I expect you'll have one on every. Uh, <laughs> it'll, it'll show up a lot tonight. Yeah, it just that was a spoiler for the audience. It's nighttime. That was, why is that a spoiler? <laughs> we're gonna like <laughs> reveal that. That was gonna be the huge reveal for two versus three. Was that we record weird constantly at night? <laughs> um, but Star Wars Rebels. I mean. Even if it was like a bad season, just the sound effects uh, alone warrant <laughs> it being. You just, it, you just want lightsaber noises to fall asleep too. And not just lightsaber noises, but like blasters, blasters, and tie fighters. <laughs> yeah. That's it's, you want some THX in your life. It's man, you can feel it almost. <laughs> some Skywalker. But sound. Uh, the last, like the mid-season, uh, I don't know, return just happened. And it uh, it had some some Rogue One tie-in, but I guess that that this is this year. But the first half of the season came out last year, and it was pretty solid. Like Darth Maul, uh, fucking not enough. Darth Maul, Cannon goes blind. 
Spo- that's a spoiler. See, not Dude, nighttime recording. Man, that's a spoiler. <laughs> season three, season like the second half is already rocking. Like that, this happened. I'm pretty sure at the end of season two. Yeah, but oh, not no, everyone watches that show. I know. I know. No, like, I, <laughs> that was a huge thing. Like that was the season two finale. Was Cannon goes blind? I was just joking about that. That's the difference. Like they have action figures of blind and Cannon now. Like there you go. Then it's it's not a spoiler. It's, I, my it's, mistake. It's a good show. I just got the dirtiest look from Greg ever. (laughs) Uh, Star Wars, Rebels. All right. Well, my number two is the same as Cody's. It was Westworld. Yeah. Uh, I debated whether or not to put Game of Thrones in the same spot. Like, I didn't know which one. It was going to be one of the two. I know that sounds weird. HBO is in my number two slot. Yeah, it was HBO (laughs) blank. Anything could be at the number two slot. And yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, Westworld was better than Game of Thrones this year. It just was. Yeah, I and thought, like, or, and then I thought like, well, Black Mirror, I wanted to put on there. So, yeah. <laughs> fair enough. But yeah, no, I don't really have anything else to say about that one. But what about your number one, Cody? My number one is what I might consider my favorite show of all time, not just of last year. It's a show I definitely watched five times over. Greg can definitely agree with that. Is uh, Viceland's King of the Road. Oh shit! I don't even give a fuck about that show, and I watched at least three episodes with you yeah, because man. it was on here at all times. It's fun. It was so fun to watch, and like, because skateboarding is one of those things where it is a sport to a certain degree. To a certain a lot, group a lot, of people, a lot too, of people yeah. don't like to call it a sport, but when you can break it down into a scavenger hunt where you're getting points to go do fun shit and really cool tricks, skaters can get behind that. Yeah, it's an easy way where... It's a game at that point. Yeah, exactly. Like, everyone understands how it works. No one's complaining about whether or not the scoring's off in some weird way. I'm sure there probably was debates like that about the scavenger hype part of it. But, like, you know, it's not like trying to watch it in the Olympics where they're like, well, France doesn't get how kickflips work. (laughs) Like, that kind of shit. (laughs) And, uh, you know... France only likes goofy skaters. Yeah, exactly. But, But, uh, no, even I will admit, for a guy who doesn't really give a shit, it's an entertaining show. It's cool. It's like constant behind the scenes footage of like a skateboard video basically and like this has been going on for years but um it was always just like 10 minute clips at a time isn't there more behind the scene footage of skateboards than or the skateboard footage than there is of actual skateboard footage oh yeah absolutely but but that's 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 the thing with skateboarding man it's like you'll go out for 24 hours filming and walk away with a three second clip it's like it's a good thing right because it's like filming is at least 50% of the skate culture. And like you said, you film for fucking a day and you only get 10 minutes of footage. But there's tons of other golden footage. Right? It's, it is the culture. And Viceland captured that. It's shitty that it took a year to come out, though. Yeah, but uh, they've already finished filming the next season. So, so there's going to be another one? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's, um, it's really good teams coming up this year. Like Death Wish, one of my favorite teams. I'm rooting for them. Really uh, like Ni- Nike's not on it. Or uh, Birdhouse is not on it anymore. They've won three years in a row. That's fair. You yeah. know, that's fine. It's like, <laughs> you guys need to settle down. Yeah. yeah. They're too good. Fucking Jaws is on their team. He's nuts. He jumps off roofs and shit. MVP. MVP. Yeah. So, Greg, what about your number one TV show of the year? My number one TV show came in right near the end. And it was just like a, a random, I like me some Elijah Wood. Oh, um, yeah. I watched okay. uh, Dirk Gently's Holistic detective agency i have not even heard of the show and it just like completely captivated me with yeah curiosity. you were really into it like it overtook me uh it's like douglas adam it was it, it's on netflix right now and uh yeah it was, was originally it? a douglas adams novel the guy that wrote yeah, it was, it was it was a a okay uh well fuck that sounds awesome 
but and even then most of the novel was based off of when he was writing doctor who scripts so it's just like it's, it's very doctor it's got a lot of british what, yeah, british vibes tell me what's the show about like i know it's like kind it, of it's a, all about the interconnectedness of everything <laughs> uh, d- yeah, way to explain that one yeah. that's a fucking great explanation Man, something it, right there. It, that's what it like, <laughs> it's the best reviews i heard was like uh, it's the most fun i had not knowing anything that's happening you know like it's a movie or a show it's like i think 10 episodes or even eight maybe but when you first watch it you have known nothing and then you halfway through it you kind of think you figured out what's going on and then at the very end it's it's like sci-fi it, fantasy vibes like it's kind of like about i don't want to spoil it no that's fine is it but is it like a noir story or like a comedy or like it's lighthearted really lighthearted it's kind of like in the same feel as hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy okay I mean, so I, I, that makes it's really good. It's easy to not like some of the characters. Was it originally a British show? Yeah, yeah. Like I think there's a there's another British there's a, a British version. Also, out. like, did it finish or is there going to be a second season? There's going to be a second season. The ending, I thought was dragging on, but everything is really deliberate. It's one of those shows like Westworld where you can try to solve it anyway. <laughs> I feel like that they give you enough information, but you'd have to be thinking incredibly outside of the box to have come to that conclusion, you know, where it's easy to accept the impossible rather than the improbable. And this is all about the improbable, you know, where it's completely but possible. I got to be honest. I, you guys have come up with some shows that I really, I guess I got to watch. I really thought everyone's list would be like Westworld and Game of Thrones. I forgot about Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we did uh, like an entire 10 episodes where the half, second half of all of our podcasts was talking about Game of Thrones. Everyone here forgot about it. Just it just feels like it was so long ago. On the, over, on the overhaul of, of Game of Thrones, the last season was the worst. Also funny that no. it's not on any of our lists because number one is not for me is not Game of Thrones. Yeah. Planet Earth 2. Yeah. Nice. I actually just started watching that. Yeah? That's pretty fucking beautiful. Yeah. I'm a sucker for nature documentary. It's amazing to get stoned and go to bed to, and it's amazing to get stoned and wake up to. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I don't like getting stoned, but I'll agree with that. It must be awesome. Because, <laughs> yeah, um, I was a huge fan of the first one, like probably the best nature documentary ever made, and then this one honestly just blows that one out of the water, which I didn't think they could do. I thought it would kind of suck, which I don't know why I assumed the second season of a nature documentary, I thought maybe it was like, I was like, what is it going to have fucking plot holes? Like, I don't know. Technology got better. They saw more animals. Like that's how, <laughs> that's how this worked out, but it was really fucking good. And they do such a good job of coming up with a story to tell about each of these animals that makes it good. I don't know. Like it is, I don't know, Cody, you've seen a bit of it, but I, I watched, I've watched like the first three episodes now. Yeah. And what's cool is the fact that, at the end of each episode, now they have like little uh, sections where they show the filmers side. Yeah, of like it. the how it's made. Like, part. yeah, exactly. And it's kind of depressing to see all these like wildlife photographers that are sitting out there for twenty four hours in a fucking snow hut and don't even get one photo. And but then the, some now they're sending out it. drones <laughs> that are getting like the most beautiful shit ever. Yeah. So like the industry's changing for sure when it comes to that. Yeah, shit. and it. Every, the cameras have gotten so much better. Like I really thought the footage in the first one was oh yeah it's good, but it's so good like, in this. One. Imagine watching that shit on 4K. Like. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to actually be able to afford one of those one day. Just to it's just gorgeous. like when I first got a high def like television, the first thing I did was get Planet Earth to be able to watch it in HD. This would be the same thing. Something with like 4K. they they really nailed was a 
like actually getting good stories for each episode too. Like I finally saw the one where uh, the, the iguanas running away from the snakes. Yeah, that's amazing. Holy fuck! Right? It, like it's intense. You have David Attenborough fucking <laughs> mumbling some shit about <laughs> like iguanas, and you're like, why would I give a fuck about iguanas, man? But no, you care. You want that thing to live. <laughs> you hate snakes even more than I already hated snakes. So <laughs> Everyone. It, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's it's well done, and and I think the best like nature documentary that's ever been made so that's, that's a pretty cool, cool cool pick what's uh, your second favorite nature documentary the, f- the first planet <laughs> <laughs> and then before that blue planet so there you go before that uh so B- bbc was uh, was on our list quite a bit yeah i guess so shit props to the bbc yeah, yeah really been killing it for a long time <laughs> <laughs> uh all right so i'm thinking next maybe we'll go into comics I know you guys are going to have a lot more to say about this than me. Sure. So, we'll yeah. head into that. I'll, yeah, I'll start it off. Um, there's obviously it's a really good year for comics. I feel like there's so much out there that there's never really a bad year for comics if you're buying the right ones. But uh, my number three was one that I was really surprised by. I know you haven't read this yet, Greg. I keep telling you to, but I know. The, the stack's high. There's priorities. But it's uh, the Flintstones. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because you actually watched the movie today. Uh, it's because Comic Lockham was in it. Yeah, it's a great movie. But uh, the comic, it, it's it blows me away every issue. I, I'm still interested. I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah, and um, it's really easy where it's, it's not a deep storyline, like ongoing storyline. So like every month when I pick up an issue, I'm not worried about forgetting exactly what character is doing what where. Mm. It's It just hits on a new topic every single issue. And it's cool. Like it hits a lot of modern things, like religion, um, same-sex marriage, um, like poverty. Like uh, it's funny in the movie there we just watched it. They made a joke about like Wilma's mom says your father made a lot of sacrifices for you, all those goats and your brother. And I was thinking, I'm like, oh man, fuck, that's really heavy. Like I wonder what religion they're practicing. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't know. they like, all were sacrifices. Yeah, they all. But what's funny is like the, this last issue I just read is all about like people figure out that if they confess for their sins, they can do whatever they want. And eventually they figure out that if they just give money to the church, they don't even need to confess for their sins. They can just pay to be bad people, which is essentially what people can actually do in real life. And every one of these issues just like touches on like one of these like really modern concepts but like puts it in these really funny flintstones like stone age terms so yeah it's it's a great comic book series i recommend it to anyone who have even slightly cared about it as a child which is most people almost everyone watches flintstones yeah i i woke up with the flintstones theme song stuck in my head this morning well it's funny yeah you did that greg watched the movie randomly yeah. flintstones vibes going on <laughs> what about you greg number three number three for the longest time, I well, not for the longest time, but since I've been living with you, you know, like my comic collection is like pretty image heavy. I kind of veered away from all the superhero stuff, but then Rebirth happened in DC, and it got me hard. And I'd have to say right now, like the comic that I'm anticipating the most is uh, Titans, and it's basically all the sidekicks growing up. Well, anticipating or that you liked the most? Like, I, you know, I'm waiting for it every, like, every, like. Oh, like, how, when did it start? What issues are on now? Um, I think there's been seven or eight issues, maybe. Yeah. 
So it's just the one you're most pumped for every week when you well, like it's, it's my coming third in. most. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I get what you're saying. So yeah, it's all like just Teen Titans grown up. Yeah. So like when Fla- uh, Flashpoint happened not too long, well, I guess a while ago now. Eh? Yeah, well, it makes me feel old. When yeah. I think it's been a while. And during Flashpoint, that was when I like stopped reading. Yeah, comics. we we kind of that's well that's what I was saying. Like I kind of stopped reading DC back when Flashpoint happened, and this is kind of picking up from that. But when Flashpoint happened. Uh, the Flash's sidekick Wally is it just gets taken out of the DC continuity. Yeah, and, and then so it switches back to Barry. Titan and just like the, his sidekick just doesn't exist, and then they in, in, invent like or they create a new character, Wally West. He's some other character though. He's like a little block boy or something. And then uh, this Titans is kind of revolving around him just showing up again and people not remembering him, but him remembering all of their alternate pasts. So, like, Wally West is the Flash showing that up again? Or, like, I'm confused. Yeah, it's easy to be confused, but there's a couple of Flashes. Yeah. The Flash seems like the hardest fucking thing to follow in anything as far as superhero comics. Even, like, the show. I want to get into that show, but then, like, what Greg do you mean talks hard? about it for like, two minutes. Because the story's so complex or just because you don't like it? No. Uh, like, it seems cool, but because the story is super complex in the sense that He's in like 20 different timelines and it's, fucking the timeline changes every two issues. I don't know what the fuck's going on. You have to be like a comic aficionado to know what the fuck's going on in the Or flash. just read like everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and even then, I feel like they just randomly put out an issue and they're like, oh, you know, this one's different. And we'll figure it. We'll explain it. It'll happen. Oh, you're, you're not wrong. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of what's happening right now. But, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I like Titans. I love me some sidekicks. Yeah, some sidekicks learning who they are as as a team together. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. They don't need their hero. They are their own heroes. So my number three through one, since I only read one comic this whole year, was Black Mirror. Or not Black Mirror, Black Hammer. That's how much it mattered to me. I forgot the name of it. (laughs) So yeah, that's it. What did you guys think of Black Hammer? I read the first couple of issues and stopped. I don't know. It it didn't catch me. Greg, you've been reading it all, right? Uh, yeah, so Black Hammer is um, Dark Horse, I think. Yeah. Uh, Dark Horse book that Jeff Lemire is writing. Fuck, he's writing for Dark Horse, too. He does he's doing everything. <laughs> well, don't worry. I, I didn't forget about Jeff Lemire. <laughs> um, he's the Star Wars of comics. <laughs> Man, I was but actually not thinking, of Star like, Wars comics. It'd be great. If he wrote a Star Wars book? Well, like, I've been just like making tweets to Tom McFarlane saying that he should get Jeff Lemire to do a cover for Spawn. Because I think that'd be great. Mm. Yeah, I could see that. That would be, be cool. really cool. But uh, then I was, I started thinking that he also works heavily for Marvel, and it'd be balling to see him do some Star Wars covers. Like, are you talking about covers? I think it'd be cool if he just had his own Star Wars Maesters. That'd be great too. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Who do you want to see him write for? That I, I wouldn't want to see him draw Star Wars. I'll tell you that right now. I'd like to see a variant cover. No, a variant cover for sure, but. Absolutely, yeah, that would look yeah. super cool. Yeah, like even C three PO and R two D two or something. Like like just the whole gang done up, all sketchy. His style, I yeah. could see it right now. I'd pay a lot for that. Oh fuck yeah! yeah. Man, I think even I'd pay money. Possession. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, but but Black Hammer. <laughs> yeah, well, what are we talking about? Black Hammer. So uh, I felt like it was definitely like I don't know, not great. <laughs> you know, it's on my list because I, I read it. I. I agree because you only read the first issue, right? Yeah, yeah. I read, the, I read the first two and it, it didn't grab me. Like if there's it, a lot of Easter eggs for fans of old comics. Yeah, no, it's well, it's it's set it even it's set in the golden age, 
Yeah. You know, like they talk about this expand, like this bigger world that we're not seeing or that we aren't getting fed information. Definitely about. feels a lot like the Watchmen. But um, like as far as like that, speaking of like the Twilight Zone, I I feel like that it's this is going to be a really slow p- payoff, you know, like mm. or a slow build to a payoff, you know. Well, it seems like it's because it, it, it might turn meta or something. Because like because there's a character that's basically Swamp Thing, right? Right. There's also a character that's basically the Martian Manhunter. Well, the Swamp Thing now that was that was just that one issue, and it was pretty good. But still, like if it's 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 talking about superheroes. But not about them directly. I don't I feel know. Like I, there's some kind of meta. Like, I think that, issue the, going on here. that that's yeah. just the medium that they're they're choosing to tell this other story. You know, like the superheroes could be anything. Their jobs could be anything. It's just the fact that they are these superheroes is neat. Works in a comic, and then without having to invent new superheroes, let's just pay homage and tribute to these existing characters because they're really not relevant to the story. I feel like Cody was what he was gonna know though is more like the fact that they're talking about like a, a superheroes that are like a, the age of superheroes is dead. Like maybe when you're saying something meta about it, like maybe it's about well, and actually, like, like these characters are like basically B versions of real superheroes. Yeah, and it's kind of like ripping on it maybe in yeah, a like weird it, way. It, this might be a universe within a universe or some silliness. Like yeah, that. It, it, no, well, I guess, but I mean. Like if this is so a comic far, within a comic book so universe, so far or though, like and their their powers have been irrelevant to the plot. Yeah, like they're you know that's what I mean. Like their their superpowers are completely irrelevant, and it was just probably easier to to be like, oh man, let's just make a. It definitely feels like to me like a, if superheroes were stuck in Essex County. Yeah, like <laughs> I get that. Yeah, like that weird. actually is like that's kind of the plot. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> they, they end up in a town and like they some kind of like limbo. Which yeah, is I'm like defending your choices. <laughs> no, man, I, I almost want to put Black Hammer on one of my lists. It's not. No, no, I, I, I mean, like I said, this is just it's on there because I, that's what I want to put on there. That's all I had to put on. So, Cody, what's your number two? Um, number two for me is Mary Wept Over the Feet of Jesus by Chester Brown. Oh, shit. Yep. Something I should have fucking read. Oh, you still haven't read it, eh? Around. No, I haven't gotten around to it. It's cool, man. It's definitely not his best. I might even put it at the bottom, but the bottom of Chester Brown is still the top of up most the charts. top of most charts for me. Um, it was good. It's a little dry, and as someone who's not religious at all, it's not like the, a shocking read. Yeah, it's not like oh, he said that fake woman was actually a prostitute. When meanwhile, yeah, you she, don't was give the, a... she was the mother, this like pure mother of this other fake. I don't know because I'm not religious. I don't believe any of yeah, that. Yeah, it's all it's all fake to you. But what's so... cool is like actually reading his notes at the end of the comic book and just like seeing his views on things because he is religious, but in, in a very different way than most vocal people are because he's a very vocal Christian. Yeah, but. To be honest, most other Christians say that what he says is blasphemous in many ways. Yeah, no, I, I get that. So it's it's a very pe- peculiar take on um everything. Like, you read it too, Greg. Yep. What'd you think? It was good. I see. It was, like, kind of slow. Yeah. I mean, it was, like, Sunday cartoon. It wasn't really drawing. entertaining. <laughs> so no, how, but... how would you say it holds up to uh, paying for it? Uh, like, I don't know. Paying for it is my favorite. This one's my least favorite. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like, we're like paying for it. What I liked about it was that it was about him, and it was revealing stuff about stuff that like I could relate to almost. Yeah. Where yeah. I can't. I couldn't re- relate to this story. Well, yeah, you're not Jesus. Well, but I could in a way because I did grow up Catholic, so I 
did know a lot of these stories. Where Greg, I feel like you knew even more of them than me because you went to Catholic high school. Yeah, I don't know. Like there wasn't any stories in that book that was new to me and no concept that was new. But what about the concept that he made at the very end where what, the like, fact that Mary's mother's a prostitute because like all the other ones he were. He had a thesis in mind and all he did was just tell you a bunch of stories. And you. To prove it. And then at the very end, you're just like, well, you know, and it kind of seemed like maybe Mary's mother was a whore. <laughs> Basically. And then you're just like, well. Very general assumption. Based on all the information that you just presented, I could agree with you. But that's like. You know, there's no facts. It was well, he wasn't well, yeah, looking. But there's no art. facts in the fucking exactly. the whole story, like, right? So he can write whatever he wants. It's like, it's like you're lucky, right? It's like you, you, you have no room to argue. It's just like all yeah. you just did was really. Yeah, he picked he picked the right battle. Yeah, he just he's just he's like, like prove me wrong. In my opinion, and you can't really do anything about it. You really kind of even don't know what he's trying to tell you until the very end. I mean, the title is very revealing. But yeah, well, like besides the over the top like religious story, the artwork's gorgeous. Yeah. Like he's a fucking brilliant cartoonist. Yeah. It's really nice. The, uh, like the design of the book's really nice. It's this tiny little it thing. It feels really nice in your hand and it fits the size of the panels perfectly for some reason. He only puts like, I think like four to six panels most on a page and like, it's so like two by twos kind of thing. Yeah. Like not even like six, like it's, it's like really minimalist and easy to read. That's it's gorgeous. Cool. Yeah. I definitely, I feel bad that I haven't gotten around to reading it. I just, this year wasn't a good year for there's, me reading. There's a couple copies lying around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I bought two. <laughs> Ended up selling one to Greg. And in fairness, I should just buy one. I'd support them. Yeah. It's a good book. What about uh, you, Greg, for number two comic book of the year? So for number two comic book of the year, this year and next, probably. Did you turn me down? Is pro- It was uh, Providence. It's all good. Providence, Providence for you? Is again, it was just something that's like, you get your value. I'll tell you for four ninety nine. Alamore, Providence. It's on Icon, I think. Well, um, oh, Avatar. Avatar. Avatar Press. Yeah, and one of the only books Avatar. by them I've the ever read. Man, Avatar. sometimes they don't. Oh, even it's ha- okay. Never mind. This is Alamore. Never sometimes mind. they don't even have like. Uh, I, I go to comiclist.com every week, almost every day. And they don't have a book out. And that sometimes week? like they won't even have a book out that week. I don't think they have that many series. I went on their web- website recently, and it's all titles that I've never really seen before. I feel like right now they're making most of their money off of. Uh, <laughs> providence variant covers it's wonderful it's something that's like you can't stop thinking about after well, you finish I'll, it I'll, I'll say right now like providence is my number one so we can discuss it right now yeah that's yeah. fair i honestly i was surprised when it wasn't greg's because as little i know about this comic i know that you guys both love it it's fucking brilliant i mean there, i have so many fucking books like if, if you wanted to know all the books that i love i can rank them all but i mean <laughs> i mean because I mean, like I, there's Star Wars books and fucking all, so many Jeff Lemire books, but whatever. Providence is great. And, and like Cody and I can say, like, there's only been one issue. And it's so funny, too. Like, it's hard to read an issue in one sitting. What do you mean there's only been one issue? Hold on. Well, only, finish your sentence. Yeah, I know. So it's hard to read an issue in one sitting. Yes. You know? And like, there's a lot about dream sequences involving there. And it's always funny when you're reading it and you fall asleep. When he's like putting you in a trance, basically. Yeah, yeah basically, he's like talking you into a trance. And you like <laughs> fall asleep and wake up. And you're like, oh, God. You know, and like, and it's very dream heavy. But like, I psyched myself up the, like, for the last issue. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm a day off. I'm going to read this whole fucking thing in one sitting. I made a pot of coffee. I prop myself up. I go down. I start reading it. And at the very end, there's no journal notes. You it's know, like, well it, then. It was the first issue that I read in one sitting. and it's, Things changed drastically in the second last issue. Yeah, so there's only one issue left. It's a 12-issue run. It's been going out for o- over a year. Yeah. But, and it's only just started, well, it's it was regularly coming out slowly. 
but the last issue 11 they picked up for a while and then now they're it's like months before the last issue comes out which is really annoying yeah one issue i think they're trying to like sell um it'll probably a lot like, of hard covers before that issue comes out it'll probably be like the fucking hobbit and it'll be like six issues for the last one you know like, like, like the, the movie, like the movies where it's like yeah, they, stretch it out forever. It's just like in the final issue is six issues and it's on trade. <laughs> yeah. Issue twelve, part one, part two. Yeah. yeah. Out of everything we've talked about this year, or you guys have talked about, I should say, for comics, that's the one that I've wanted to read the most. The value, man! Holy shit! Value five. Well, I'm sure there's plenty of value. That's not. I but mean, I, yeah. The thing on. I worry about though is exactly what you're saying. Like, I love what I've read of Alan Moore, but he fucking will bore the shit out of me. With a brick of text where I'm like, oh, I just don't even have it in me. I would have read a book, not a comic book. Well, and I feel bad saying that. They know how to fill Because I know I should just fucking read it. Yeah, he's good though where like the, the actual comic part of it reads really smoothly. Oh, yeah. But but like it's still like super trippy. Handwritten notes at the end. But the handwritten notes at the end With are like deliberately spelt wrong, and it yeah. takes you a while to figure it out. You know, you're just like, what the fuck is this, man? Like it hurts. Like I feel stupid. Like. What the f- I can't. I don't even know what I'm reading. You don't know what what you're reading is important and what's not. But still, like, it tells a bigger story altogether. Like that, that comic wouldn't be what it was without the notes. Oh yeah. So like, the whole last half of the comic is just handwritten notes. Every issue. Every, and, and it's, except it's, this last one. What what in general is it about? Or is it one of those? Well, things, like, okay. So I'll I'll sum it up really quickly. It's about a guy back in like the late 1800s, early 1900s. Yeah, I think like 19. Yeah, maybe early early 1900s. Um, in uh, like uh, New England, he's a journalist and he's like doing a research on this book that's supposed to have like mystical powers, and he ends up like traveling all around uh New England, like meeting all these like basic old cult leaders and shit like that, trying to uncover like the the secrets of what's been going on in the area forever. And this is around the exact same time H.P. Lovecraft was actually writing stuff. Okay. Actually writing, like, his first short stories and stuff. So, through this comic, he's trying to basically say that the things H.P. Lovecraft based his stories off weren't actually fiction. Okay. And that it's actually there is based a on... There, there is there. a cosmic horror out there, an underground cult reality that dwells within us all. Very sexual. A hidden world. If very you sexual. Will. Very, very sexual. sexual. Very racist. Very rapey. Yeah, but um, so I don't want to. Spo- I don't want to spoil it. But no, the, the, this last issue gets very meta in the sense where the, there's a change in things where we're very aware of the impact that H.P. Lovecraft's work has like put onto this uh, into our own world. So it's it's blending boundaries, and I really want to see where it goes with this yeah, last this issue. final issue. Is is just holding. Like, it'll be a joke in an Alan Moore. It's just like, I'm... Yeah, I, I really want to see Alan Moore maybe in this last issue. Like, it's, it's that possible. It's that it's meta? A, it's, it's a weird story. It could go in that direction. Well, I guess it sounds like something I should check out. This, this whole topic seems like it's a, Kyle, don't be a lazy bitch, read something. Well, yeah, comics are short. Yeah, I know. I just... <laughs> Man, I was going through it, and in the 2016 year, I read close to 14 Swamp Thing trades. Yeah. Nice. So it's been a big year for Alan Moore and you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, I guess, Greg, you're the only one left with your number one. My number, what was your number one? I, did, I only had one. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> and Providence was my number one. Uh, so my number one is, and just in case you guys thought I forgot Jeff Lemire, I did not. <laughs> I, <didn't. laughs> I was waiting for it. I, I thought maybe it would be Star Wars something. 
No, well, Star Wars is good. I mean, uh, they do a lot of five-issue runs for, like, shorter stories. And then they've got, like, the main one is the Star Wars story arc. And I think it's on issue, like, 26 or 27. And it's it's good and all, but, I mean. Didn't make the list. What's number one? But So, number one is uh, Bloodshot. Oh, really? Man, I, I, I love it every like, week. But Jeff like, Lemire's. Jeff Lemire's yeah. Bloodshot. Uh, he has a way, man, and like we all know, he loves telling stories about kids and old people, and he kind of has this like immortal old person that's bloodshot, but still has this kind of mentality of a child. Yeah, I don't know. You're kind of surprising me with this one, but I guess I don't know what else. It's what? new to me. Like the Valiant Universe is not one I'm familiar with. Yeah, it, it holds true to this like '90s feel of comics. Yeah, it's super like like what early image kind of looked like. Yeah, like. Jim Lee, yeah, uh, it, yeah, yeah, it just holds true to that to that early '90s. Yeah, ripped guys, chicks with big boobs. It's great. I mean, uh, it's classic. Just class. It is classic. <laughs> uh, Bloodshot is a wonderful character, and the fact that that Jeff Lemire seems to be really into it. Yeah, you, you know, could tell he was a fanboy. Yeah, and uh, one of my favorite parts is like he doesn't do any of the illustrations, but randomly throughout the story arc, Bloodshot has this like psychosis and like a miniature version of himself appears kind of like his sidekick blood squirt and it's always illustrated by jeff lemire and it's oh, always cool cool to see so this kind of like a contrast of deadpool kind of thing collaboration yeah exactly a little collaboration kind of or what, what we were talking about flintstones what's the one that he always sees the great kazoo yeah great kazoo. yeah no, exactly <laughs> he like just that. showed up in the in the newest yeah. issue oh really oh yeah. that's awesome he's like a he's like a full-grown uh like martian looking kind of alien he's not like the little tiny guy oh that's cool yeah all right well that's it for the first two uh topics we're gonna come back and do movies and video games and then our favorite thing of the year and we'll be right back after a nice ad from the b movies and ebooks Would you please remove your podcast from the internet? It doesn't help the world in any way. You don't possess those skills. What a sad life way to express yourself to your peers. Mel suggested we record a promo for Barely Living the Dream, our podcast about independent filmmaking straight from the trenches. I suggested we read some hate mail, you know, to keep us humble. This one, I, this one was right after a friend of mine. That I don't think he think I saw this, but I did see it. And he made sure to tell someone. Join us as we talk about making movies and living the dream. Barely. New episodes available every couple weeks. When we aren't on set. Only on the B&E Podcast Network. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and bmoviesandebooks.com. How do you think you guys sound like total fools? And we're back. And we're continuing on with our favorite things of 2016. I said 2016, weird. Yeah, I know. well, it, it <laughs> sounded weird. Like, I'm already set on 2017, which is strange because it usually takes me a while to mm-hmm. adapt. You yeah. People are just done with it. Yeah, <laughs> fuck that year, really, is everyone's feeling. I don't know. I, I had a fine year. I had a shit year. I find that knowing what move, like, looking forward to movies has helped. You know, like, <laughs> that helps you get by? Yeah, like 2017 uh, Star Wars. Well, we'll get to what we're stoked on here pretty soon. But first, we're going to go with our favorite video games. Uh, mm. For 2016, Cody, you want to hit it off with your number three? Sure, I'll start with my <clears throat> my number three. Uh, 
for any of you who have been on the B Movies and Ebooks websites, you'll see that we do reviews, and I've written a couple on there. And this one's called Unravel, and I wrote a review on the website for it. I'm pretty sure I gave it a 4.5 out of 5. Pretty high. Nice. Yeah, I really like this video game. Um, for some reason, my Instagram page kept fucking advertising it to me. <laughs> That's a I weird have no reason idea why, but it was like really beautiful uh, trailer the game had. I knew you were really into indie games. Yeah, even probably good. Good for it because <laughs> like I'm pretty sure it was like twenty bucks maybe. You got a lot of pictures of you like knitting things on your Instagram. Or? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I follow a lot of knitting groups. Yeah, it's, that yeah. was it. It's a hot topic of mine. But yeah, no, it's a really cool side-scrolling puzzle game. A beautiful graphics, really good music. Um, it was made by an indie company, uh, but it was obviously published, published by, by someone else. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, um, you should definitely go onto the website and uh, read my review of it and all the other reviews we got on there. Greg's got a couple comic reviews on there, I think. I also have a comic review on there. I have nothing because I'm lazy. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Unravel's one of those games that. Like art style wise, it doesn't really get any prettier. Like it, it looks so perfect as far as what it wanted to do. Okay, I do have to say something about this fucking game though. The game is called Unravel. Mm-hmm. Your character is a ball of yarn essentially. Yarn that, that moves to the right, like most side-scrolling platformer games. He doesn't unravel while he walks. <laughs> he walks in a straight line, and the string just falls off of him. Yeah. He should be he spinning. He should be like the Tasmanian devil across the entire level. He should be unraveling. That would have been a pain in the deck to animate. But they called the game Unravel, and yeah. he doesn't unravel. So, but do, does he run out of yarn? He runs out of yarn. Yeah, but he And that's actually. a big part of the, the solving the puzzles and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, you only have a limited amount to yeah, solve. Yeah, so every move you make has to like kind of be perfect. It's cool in that sense. I like puzzle games. I love puzzle games, and you will definitely find that out by the rest of my list. Yeah, I have a feeling we'll see more um, of that on your list. But yeah, yeah Unravel is one of those ones that I definitely think. It was a short game. It was nice to, like, I beat it in, like, a week. Yeah. How many hours did you figure? Like, nah, 20, 25. Oh, well, that's but, actually but, more but, than I thought it But it wasn't expensive. And yeah. it, could be, it was that long because some of the later levels were kind of hard. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, that game's pretty. That's <laughs> it definitely. Uh, despite the fact that Yarny doesn't unravel. And he doesn't unravel. fucking unravel and so unravel. That so that's why he's not number one. That's yeah. why he lost the point five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <He doesn't unravel. laughs> so Greg, uh, what do you get? You got number three? Yeah, I got number three. I, I, uh, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember Pokemon Go. Oh, yeah. You, was, oh, you were gosh. really into it when it came out. And I got all sweaty and like run out of battery. <laughs> We'd be walking to the bar and you'd be like, I'll be right back, guys. <laughs> you'd like yeah, run man. a block in the opposite direction. Yeah, I still so he- see people playing it, but... I mean, I didn't really. This year wasn't a game heavy year for me, so I'm gonna I'll pop that in at number three. No, I'm fair actually enough, really happy you, you did. Yeah, I'm happy you did too because you definitely were into that game. Because I didn't put it here, but I wanted to. Like for three, it was like in the debate for me. No, I didn't play it that long, but when I did, it was awesome to see <laughs> people. Everyone like, was really into it at one point. It doesn't matter if it was a day or two. Everyone was really and, into it. And uh, obviously, for it was like a flu or something that went around. Yeah, but it, what I thought was cool about it was like I remember a few different times when Pokemon took over everything, like when the game came out and then when the card game was popular, and that was all anyone did. And this was like a new revival of that. It was like everyone talked about Pokemon for a you know a couple of weeks at least. I think one of the mass appeals of it was that it spread through workplaces. Mm. It was a game that people played while they were working. Even man, at my fucking job, there were like my supervisors, managers were 
walking around the park and not catch fucking Pokemon. That's for, awesome. For at least like a few days there. Yeah, that's cool. But, uh, yeah, uh, no, it was kind of funny where everyone was like on the same page. Yeah, like everyone gave up like frowning upon being a nerd for like at least a month. Yeah, no one can ever take shit on fucking liking Pokemon anymore, which I appreciate. Yeah, like some blonde-haired bimbo that would never talk to me about Pokemon before was like t- telling me where she caught a Snorlax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that that was the cool thing about that game. It was it was everywhere, and I know that was also kind of the lame thing about that game, in a sense. It got a little tiring after a while. Yeah, there wasn't much to expand on, and yeah. they didn't um like, I feel like they didn't upgrade it quickly enough. Yeah, I, I, my girlfriend still plays it, and it is really it's like oh yeah, and she loves it. And they've, I've seen, they've made a ton of improvements. Added Pokemon, done better tracking and shit. They've, they've iterated on the game and made it definitely more playable. Uh, so you know, but unfortunately, it's kind of dipped off for me. I don't really want to yeah. go back. Uh, but I'm not writing it, it off the table though. that I wouldn't. Yeah, it was three, fun while it lasted, I guess. Worthy. I gave it a try. I remember I, I was kind of frowning upon it when it first came out, but then, I don't know. The, I, I liked Pokemon yeah, when I was a kid. We had it a little before it came out, too, which was yeah, nice. Yeah, I did, was I did that. Because less people running around. Uh, so, yeah. My number three, I I didn't... Uh, this one, like it, it was so hard for me to figure out. I knew for sure what my number one and two were, but three, I like switched back and forth between a bunch of shit. Uh, but I ended up landing on Firewatch. Yeah, I played that one. I think we talked about it on the podcast. We might have talked about it one episode. Just a little bit. But pretty simple premise. You're just a guy in a tower looking out for fires. And um, uh, the main aspect of it is the story. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of those ones where at, when I was That's finished the game. That's the only aspect, actually. Yeah. When I was finished the game, I was kind of disappointed. And I think a lot of people were. I was. Where they thought that there was definitely going to be more to the ending but as it went on i thought that there was actually more to the kind of i guess lack of ending um like the fact that everything was built up to be something crazy like you're thinking <laughs> yeah what the fuck just happened man nothing i'm just afraid okay uh, fire no, watch? no use dicks no you, no you fucking all this fire talks got me paranoid about the fire alarm Oh, going off in the middle of this? Oh. Yeah. oh. And I was going to try to move it, and I'm just like, no. Paranoid. Why did, was it going off earlier? I guess we shouldn't be talking about this. Right <laughs> now. But anyway, I, so the ending, like, I don't know, there's a lot of buildup before, like, a reveal in the game. Yeah. Like, to what this whole thing. It's not that big this of a mystery. reveal either. Exactly. That's yeah. the whole thing that I think most people didn't like about it was the reveal ends up kind of being mundane. But I thought about it for pretty much a whole year because it came out early in 2016. And I just appreciated it more, the fact that it ended kind of with a non-starter or you, like a non-ending. What I want to ask you about it is, do you think it needed to be a, a video game? I thought it would have been a, sh- a good short story or a good movie. I didn't think that they um, used what video games have to offer I, okay, with interactivity. So, so what I think, or at least what I took away of it, like the more I thought about it, was the fact that it was a video game. I felt like I was the main character and I felt alone and I let my mind wander just like he would have being alone for that long. Like you built up a story in your head that seems fantastical because you really didn't have any other thing to tell you it wasn't that it was something going to be more than it was like, because it was all just like 
me thinking it or the character thinking it. It could be fucking anything because no one's telling you like, hey, man, put your head on straight. It's probably just a dude in the woods. You know, like it, it didn't have like the, in that sense, me playing him worked better than it if it had just been a short story because I would have gotten through it pretty quick and been like, hey, man, it's probably not fucking aliens or something. It's probably just this. Or if it was a movie like it, in general, the story would have worked being a movie or a short story. But I did appreciate the fact that it was a video game. I think there was yeah. merit to it being that. See, I, I feel a lot the opposite where I kept I don't know what what i expected from that game but i just kept playing it kept playing it, expecting something to happen where i had to solve a puzzle or do something but it's just a really good interactive story i guess yeah that's yeah I, I i enjoyed that way more than any of the telltale telltale games i played i thought firewatch was way better yeah i i agree you can look at it as an art game or just as a story driven game then it's great but I, like as a video game it's kind of lacking for me that's why I wasn't crazy over it, but I still really liked it. Yeah, I, I definitely hear you. And those are super fair points about it. It's not like light the world on fire as far as uh, gameplay or anything like that. It has pretty much none. So, anyway, so it's like go to my kind of game. You guys talked me into it. No, it's oh, cool. Man, it's downloaded it's a, it's on the PlayStation. Game it, and it only takes like 10 hours, maybe tops. Not even. Uh, Three. Probably three hours. Yeah. It's, it's like a movie. It's, it's really short. I mean. So yeah. I'll go to go. What's your number two there, Cody? Um, my number two is Magic Duels for, for Steam. Oh, for Steam. Yeah. But Ascend- you could get that on your phone. Yeah, maybe. essentially a freemium game. But I, don't, I, I, I became obsessed with Magic the Gathering in general this year. I, this is the first time I ever played in my entire life. And uh, yeah, I, got, I went full-blown, started fucking buying booster packs every week. Even online? No, see, that's what I'm trying to say is that for a freemium game, I'm, I win 80% of the time now. And that's because of a deck I built just by achieving quests and little things like that. I haven't had to spend a penny. And I have arguably maybe a better deck in the game than I do in real life for the fucking probably hundreds of dollars I've spent on those cards. Yeah. Well, that's so good. it's a really rewarding freemium, freemium game in that sense where I haven't had to spend a penny. And, and you've done I'm well. I'm still kicking ass. It has its issues where there's also a Magic the Gathering online. They're kind of like two polar opposites of each other. Like duels is like the simplified version. Okay. Online is the all out. Cards cost real money. You can sell individual cards. Oh, wow. There's tournaments where you can win real thousands of dollars. So it's just like the actual There's actually game, professional but... online players. It's the same game, just non-physical cards that have the exact same value as physical cards. That's weird. It's this whole online marketplace. So I, I, I'm avoiding all that. I, you're just going yeah, with the if I'm buying my own fun. cards, I might as well not fucking buy them twice. That's just a fool's game. Yeah, you I'm have to stick to one or the other, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. I was going to say it would make more sense if you bought the cards and they translated to the online cards. Yeah, but Duels is really cool. Like through this game, I've built a pretty fucking primo deck. That I I beat, I'd say, three out of four people. And I recently have acquired enough cards that I built it in real life. And now, now it's my real life deck. It's pretty oh, sweet. That's pretty awesome. Cool. So yeah, that, I've been playing that. I still play it every day. Wow, man, that's a surprise for me. I definitely didn't expect 
magic to be anywhere on this like yeah. list for videos. I, I think I, I checked recently. I've clocked like 150 hours on it. Wow. Holy fuck, man! You're playing that game a lot. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot. Yeah, that's more than I played uh, pretty much any. It's game probably this year. a little fake because I I leave it on a lot. Yeah, but, but so I've, I've put a lot of hours in. Wow, Greg, what do you got for number two? Uh, for number two, I guess I'll toss on Final Fantasy 15. Nice, yeah. great game. Uh, like I probably the most hyped game this year yeah, in this podcast. I, I got really excited for it, and uh, I mean, it's pretty and it's fairly easy, and it gave me everything that I wanted out of a video game. So, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm I not sure down. if I feel that it was overhyped or not, because I'm the only one out of the three of us that has beat it. Yeah, I'm like right there. I've done I, almost everything you have except for the last fight. In hindsight, I I think it's great. I expected more. Yeah. What do you expect? What do you say more? Difficulty. Like, I fucking beat a Final Fantasy game. I've never done that in my entire life. It, do, it does seem pretty easy. It, it is really it is. fucking easy game. Yeah, I know. I, I'm I'm at the last little, boss. almost to a broken point. Yeah, like, I'm at like, the last boss. And all you need is twice. fucking. All you need is potions, and you can beat anyone. Yeah, like the it was a little broken in that sense. Unless you're like criminally under leveled. And it, it's a game uh, where you can grind a little too easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the. Well, you know what I think the thing of it is, though, that maybe sets it apart is that in other, like Final Fantasy, we all, we're we're using the word grind, like meaning like you can just have to sit there and fight somebody over and over again and win over and over against against either slightly above your level or slightly below your level, depending on how easy you want it to be to level up your dude, right? Like that's what grinding is. In this, I feel like the combat is actually not a grind in the sense that it's fun. Compared to most Final Fantasy. I do like the combat system. It's not... I caught on quick. It's not just literally like... When I grind in Final Fantasy VII, it's just hold a, hold circle until you Power, win. Most powerful attack. Like the Pokemon grind. Yeah, exactly. Well, even in Final Fantasy VII, it's not even most powerful. It's just hold circle that just hit attack. Yeah. Until like it, the person's dead or you hit limit break <laughs> and they die. And this like... Um, the f- combat was fun and engaging even when you were beating up something that was easy. So was, none of it really felt like a grind for me. I enjoyed the side quests and the like hunts and all that kind of shit. Hunting was other, the best part. In other Final Fantasies, I didn't really want to do that. I just wanted to get through the main story. And you can't do it because you need to be higher level than you are. So that, it's a give and take there in Final Fantasy. They didn't really find the balance, I don't think, in this one. But <coughs> it was better than I think most of them. What have uh, been your favorite parts so far, Greg? I, I just like how grand the story is. It's a great universe. You know, the world they've created is is good. And I was going to say, like, I love getting behind a franchise, you know, and indulging in a world. And it's a world that I like. Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, it's a, it's a perfect blend. And Final Fantasy has been doing this for years, but a perfect blend of sci-fi and fantasy. Yeah, like the whole tech and magic. Yeah, these yeah exactly. Titans. Just it, people in business suits and people also in like fantasy gowns and garbs. Well, when the game opens, it says a game for new and old fans, which I thought was really stupid and cheesy to put but, at the beginning. Yeah, but, but it's kind it of truly perfect. is. Yeah, no, because lots yeah, of I, throwbacks and Easter eggs. Yeah and, yeah, and all those like Final Fantasy things that people love, like chocobos and shit, and they got everything. Anything that I don't like about the game is just repetition. Like we, I find when you do something, you you do it a hundred times, and then driving in the car. And for the driving in the car forever, which is the most repetitious part of that whole game. Like you're but in that car. It's, for it's a pretty game. It's, it's a cool sure. universe in the sense where those four guys driving around in that car, 
in the in uh, in this beautiful looking area with all these monsters around them, I got into that. It feels more like a ten episode, like an HBO mini series. Mini series it it or really feels like a, a like TV a, show, like a t- yeah, like not a movie, like a TV show. Where yeah, you just the further you go, you just the game is how much you end you, up you, caring. You do for these care. Characters. You really care about the characters. I man. do. Like, eventually, the further yeah. you go on, you're just like man. I, it's we were talking about the difference between like role playing and and being these other characters and or you know like I'm not playing me. I'm definitely playing Noctis. You know, and it. it I like that. It's that's all its faults are definitely outweighed by all the things that make you love the game. Whether or not his pants meet his boots, we still like Narcus. Yeah, yeah he complains Jesus about the Christ. Cold. I would have liked him so much more if his pants met his boots. But he didn't even bring pants, so it's like <laughs> fuck off. Yeah. All right, Kyle. What about you for number two? So my number two was a bit of a surprise for me, considering I talked about it earlier in the podcast, uh, where I played the alpha for it. It was Titanfall Two. And in the alpha, I, I really liked the first one. And in the alpha, I didn't really like it that much. They'd only given you limited game modes. And in this one, they'd added a single player to it where the first one didn't have that and really fleshed out the multiplayer. And I didn't think I'd like this game. I got it for Christmas. And it turned out being probably my favorite multiplayer shooter that I've played since like Halo 2, which was the last one other than you, like any you of the... You play a multiplayer mostly? Yeah, right now like I've done the single player, uh, which was great, which was a huge surprise. Uh, like I mean, it's a cheesy first-person shooter, like or single player. You know, like the story isn't much of anything, but you know, it has its heartfelt moments and like awesome action moments, which make it really cool. And some awesome things they do with level design, with like time travel and some other cool shit like that, which add a lot to it. And then the multiplayer is just pretty much perfect. Like I really have no complaint. I n- I've had no one tell me that they fucked my mother. <laughs> not single, not one single kid. That's essential. Yeah, exactly. They do this awesome thing where there's like, uh, so like you're playing online, and you know if you, if anyone's played on an online thing, you can like join up with your friends most of the time. But in this, you can add like a or join a network, which is basically like a, say there's a website like for instance Reddit is a network on there, and you can just join up with people that are have joined on the the reddit network and then you're playing with guys that are or people i should say not just guys but uh that that's what they picked to play amongst those people so you only get matched with people that are fans of reddit or fans of any youtube channel you could probably imagine or any comic book or anything like that you're obviously signed up to the neo-nazi one yeah yeah i'm just like hardcore like you know what what do you guys think about white supremacy you're all about that you you fuck my mother no you played Titanfall. she's a lesbian you didn't you didn't do that (laughs) Uh, but no like uh you know so it helps for matching like which seems like a ridiculous thing that makes a multi like a multiplayer shooter better but having someone say they didn't fuck your mother is a really a big plus for me yeah and if not that otherwise it's just like it's just yeah, a but really you, you good also don't have shooter. to play with headphones on. Oh, I don't. That's an important thing, but I mean, it doesn't matter. Like most people don't they'll, either. They'll type it out on well, the Well, no, it's not even that. It's I just like some mother. some kid will have a headset on, and you got to go through the whole thing of muting them. Yeah. And most shooters where he's like, "Oh yeah, what do you guys think? Oh, I fucked your mom." <laughs> uh, but yeah, you don't have to deal with that. But regardless of that, it's just actually an awesome online shooter. Like, uh, it's awesome. Cool. Like, I don't know what to say other than like you're running around shooting people and then you call your fucking Titan down and crush some bitch underneath it and it feels awesome and you fuck some shit up and it's good. Right on. 
So that's what I got to say. Yeah, I haven't played it. To be honest, I haven't even really seen it. That's a one thing that this game's awesome to watch because it's like it's like an action movie all the time. It's not like Call of Duty, in the sense that like it's not just like I'm I'm sitting here waiting for ten minutes, and the guy came coming, and then I call him a bitch and move on. <laughs> you know, like there's crazy shit going on in this all the time. So it's pretty cool. Nice. What's your uh, number one there, man? Number one video game of the year and best video game of all time, officially by Codio Selection. The Witness by Jonathan Blow. What's funny is we were having a couple beers a few a few nights ago with a friend from out of town, and we were showing him that game for the first time. It was Alex. You were there. And it's really... I take even more joy seeing a new a person watch that game for the... Play, that, play that game for the first time. Yeah. And seeing someone figure out the fucking weird puzzles and system that is that game. And just seeing people stare at shit for like five minutes, just trying to figure something out that you know is not there. But like, well, don't tell them. That's part of the journey. Yeah. And yeah, I became obsessed with that game for like until I beat it. And it it, it really changed. It literally changed the way I looked at things. It's called the Tetris syndrome or some shit oh, like yeah. that. From yeah, playing a video game too much, you start seeing like patterns in the world. And it, it was fucking with it. I sent you photos from work of like, lamps and like grates that like looked like puzzles <laughs> yeah no i i get you like i mean i i didn't finish that game because i don't have the determination that you did that game's a motherfucker to finish so yeah good on I, you for I, doing I, it. i'll admit i cheated on three puzzles that was three out of like 400 that i solved so i don't give a fuck yeah and and anyone who's played this game would give you a pass on three puzzles that's <laughs> fine Cause yeah, that's a beat. Yeah, it's cool. Wall, it was but... just a uh, brilliantly designed minimalist, not too much, not too little, a weird, eerie feeling, similar to like mist, very yeah, similar to mist, lost silent kind of world. Nothing really makes sense. Yeah. And that you feel like you're searching for something more in that game that I don't know. I haven't seen the ending. I don't know if it comes or not, but I mean, it, it gets so. the gears turning in the head, you know, I also just appreciate how pretty that game is. Yeah, absolutely. And, and how many puzzles you solve that aren't actually puzzles? Yeah, just that are just pretty things you found where you're like, I don't know if anyone ever. Well, saw yeah, this. like you can beat that game without even picking up on fifty percent of what's there. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. Well, like you played it for a little while, didn't you, Greg? Yeah, or at I least started. I, I dabbled. It. Yeah, it was, seemed way bigger than what I could commit to. It, it's kind of a commitment, in a sense, where like. It seems like, oh, I'm going to need to solve all these puzzles to win. But technically, you only really need to beat, like, I think four or five of the areas on the island. You have to at least master four of the areas. Yeah, it does seems like a cop-out. I mean, I, it would kill me knowing that I didn't do it. No, I didn't beat them all. No, <laughs> man, when you beat it, you're like, fuck it, I beat it. I beat it. Yep, I'm done that game. And I don't know if it's the kind of game I'll ever go back and play again because I know the answers to all these puzzles now. So it's it's not the same. It's not really a replayable game. But like I said, seeing a, someone play it again for the first time is pretty cool. I think it was only like 30 bucks when I bought it. And in my opinion, like I just bought The Last Guardian for 80 And in comparison, The Witness is fucking a million times better at that value. Yeah, that seems expensive. Thirty dollars is a good price. Yeah, for the witness, it was great, and I'm sure you can get it on sale for even cheaper now. So, I'm excited to see uh, Jonathan Blow's next game. I have no idea what the fuck it's gonna be, but I yeah, hope it's weird. And probably like ten years down the line. Yeah, I hope it's weird as shit. 
So Anyways, yeah, I've, I've talked about this goddamn game so many times on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but that's what we're. I just well, had to. Say, I just up. had to say, yeah, it's a wrap on the year. Fucking best game of the year, in my opinion. And best game of all time, you still say? In my opinion. All right, Greg. Uh, what would you say is number one? Well, uh, if it did in fact come out in 2016, then I'm gonna say Uncharted for sure. <laughs> it's funny that you debate that, but yeah, it definitely did. <laughs> It's been a long year. If we talked about it Conspiracy. on this podcast, it was this year. Yeah, but I mean, I I don't know. It could have come out last year, and I only just played it this year. That happened to a lot of games you considered putting on this list. But you've nailed so. it. That's, that came out this year. Yeah, no, it was, it was fun. We all played it. I think we all beat it. I mean, yep. it, it, it has everything that I love in a game. Like a dashing, witty hero. No, it's a very well-rounded game. A lot game. of puzzles. Absolutely. Like I said, like I felt moved at some parts, like when when Nate's wife found out that he was like cheating on her with his job. <laughs> I was like, you felt guilty. I was like, fuck, shouldn't go. Like I, sh- I, I can't, you know. And it's like heartbreaking, and she's yelling at him, and he could see it in his eyes. And I'm like, I gotta go have a smoke and walk outside or something. Like this is too much. I was involved. I was invested. It's a very good game, man. Um, level design, like, I guess not like technically, but visually, it was beautiful. Oh yeah, the set pieces are. Like untouchable as far as how pretty everything yeah. looks and like, like what's the game you're playing right now? Um The Last, Last Guardian. Guardian. The Last Guardian. I keep thinking about like Nate as a kid would be a better would do better. Oh, he's way it. better. So right. like that game plays very similar he to Uncharted need, he in a need sense. A cat. But it is nowhere like, near as and smooth. Like, the fact that, that kid's not wearing shoes, I keep thinking about oh, the yeah. scene in Uncharted where, where he like, jumps down from the Yeah, he jumps like off like some like fire escape ladder and lands on the curb like one foot on the street okay this is a weird thing i want to mention about this game that curb scene everyone has that drilled into their fucking mind where we thought he was like gonna break an ankle on that curb or something we've seen this dude jump jump off of like mountains and shit but everyone everyone i've talked to about this game talks about that curb and like they thought something terrible was gonna happen with the curb he just laid a little too close to that curb (laughs) it's weird no one wants to roll an ankle man yeah that's that's my favorite part about that it's really just everyone's stress we cared we cared is the point yeah we care and that's why i put it at number one man i uh i hear you that came it's not on my list i feel like it should if it wasn't for the fact that all those games are so good I have like hard time, like expecting, and I just expected so much from them, and they gave it to me, and I was just like, oh yeah, you did great, because all your games are pretty much perfect. Like you mm. don't, they don't, since the second Uncharted, those all of those are amazing. I, I heard that Sony finally finished a script. Oh yeah, for the movie. For the movie, and like I heard some people arguing that it would be like, what's the point of making a movie? the games were a luxury to gamers because they already play like a movie where you can, you know, if you're in a relationship, you can get away with playing this game because your spouse perhaps doesn't mind watching, watching it. it, Whereas, you know, you don't have the luxury with other games. So that's actually kind of a good point. I never really thought about that. It's like a treat for the gaming world. You know, it's like, but the world deserves that treat, but the world does deserve that treat. And I mean, in an age where, you know, Harrison Ford is a bit old to be playing Indiana Jones for much longer. Maybe we need a new treasure hunter. Yeah. So, exactly. so when we post this episode on Reddit, the title's going to be "The World Deserves Uncharted." <laughs> <laughs> it does. I mean, Nick Cage tried with the National Treasure movies, and I it's mean, no Indiana Jones, but it's an it's the best Indiana Jones video game. I'll tell you that right now. Oh yeah, for sure. And it, I mean, in fairness, we say it's not Indiana Jones, but that's with a lot of nostalgia for Indiana Jones. 
those are still good fucking it's a good story the game has such it's definitely different from indie i haven't played the first two but i played three in the newest one i knew what was going on no problem there was no supernatural in the third one or in this new one sorry the fourth one the fourth one yeah Yeah, but there's enough archaeology kind of like no but i mean like there actually is usually like Oh yeah, that. But the I appreciate skeleton pirates. Or I appreciated that about this one because the other ones I really felt like the weakest part was when it took like some yeah, supernatural. Yeah, it, it kind of turn a little cheesy. Uh, well, mostly that they were, or at least the first two were super similar, and the turn is like, oh, there's some zombie type thing, but uh, it doesn't really make much difference for this debate. About the fourth one is fantastic and probably the prettiest game I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of the rooftops you're on, and even like the temples you visit or the shrines. When you're on the island at the end, the the pirate boat, yeah. like the sh- or pirate ship at the end. You know, I was funny. It's I was so making fun look. of pirates earlier, being like pirates are lame and overrated. But <clears throat> no, Uncharted pirates so hot. Real life pirates were not lame. No man, they were fucking crazy. It, yeah. They had those like pirate towns, and I, and I feel like kind of untouched in video games where there's only a few good pirate video games. Yeah. yeah, not that many. The one in Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed, the pirate one. It, it's the only good one of those games. I, what's the that one there that uh, fuck? Like I think it might have been the Pirates of the Caribbean game, but I don't think it. There was like no. You're thinking of Pi- Sid Meier's Pirates? No. And they made a remake that was like a Pirates of the Caribbean kind of themey thing. I don't remember. There was one that was like basically like Morrowind. Yeah, I think that's what you're thinking of. It's the redo- remake of Pirates that was like the Sid Meier's Pirates. Um, I don't know what that is. Like, yeah. he did uh, like video games. So if you didn't play any of them, you'd <laughs> he did video know. games. He made video games. Civ. Yeah, exactly. Civilization. Anyway, yeah. My number one. So just like right. blank look on my face. Yeah, you're rocking that. My number one is the same one I've had. That we talked about every time we I've mentioned. Well, video it's games. funny you say that because I don't know what it's gonna be. It's Dark Souls three. Oh, I, I could have guessed. Yeah, and uh, similar to Cody. This might be my favorite game of all time. Real gamer's game. Yeah, I would say like the thing about this one is that most people would say like the first one's better. And where I differ in most people's opinions, <laughs> I think this one's better than the first one. And like, eh, you know, they're both better than two. But uh, this one was perfect. You beat it? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and twice now, or at least twice. Well, isn't there multiple difficulties? So like every time you beat it, it gets harder? Uh, if you do New Game Plus, yeah, like yeah. so, it's it stacks. Like you can't change the difficulty when you start it or anything, but each time you beat it and restart, it is harder. Every time harder. it gets harder and harder. Yeah, if you yeah. but you get is like a, is there a record? <laughs> oh, jeez, man, people have beat it, beat it on like New Game Plus Seven while using a Rock Band controller. Like people go crazy with this. <laughs> That's shit. a fucking thing. Oh yeah, like there's a, there's a dude who's beating the first one using a microphone. What? Yeah, people get <laughs> people get out of hand with this shit because like it is considered one of the hardest games. I've never heard of any of that. No, yeah, obscure it's, video up. game. My brother will come and tell me like that he's just spent all night watching videos on YouTube of guys just doing ridiculous shit in that game. Yeah, it's one of those. That's why I say it's a gamer's game. Yeah, it really like oh you you, you play video games like do you play Dark you, Souls? You beat Dark Souls. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like that line between just enjoying video games or being able to say. You're really good at video games, which is kind of a bunch of bullshit because the game's hard, but not, it's not that hard. It's just obtuse really is like what its difficulty is. And that's what I would say. What sets this apart from the first one is that it has all of that, but it's definitely more manageable. Like the things that make the first one hard, 
they have that in this, but they also just make it more reasonable where they don't completely crush your soul. There's, the a, there's always a way to do it. There's there's always a way on all of them to do it, but this one just makes it they added more checkpoints essentially in it. That's nice. Which just help you with the sense that like I don't have to feel like I'm beating this entire game again. Yeah, so not a full this. commitment. The, like old Final Fantasy games, shit like that. Well, yeah. Final Fantasy eight, you used to have to play for like over an hour sometimes before you could save again. Yeah, and like that this will still have that. If you suck it apart, you're gonna suck at that part and you're gonna have to beat your head against that wall. But it gives people hope in parts, I think, that where the other ones didn't really do it. And just simplifies certain things that were too obtuse in the other ones. Like, just too hard to wrap your head around. And explains a little bit more. Just even the slightest bit more. Which I feel like most people, as a newcomer, would be able to wrap their head around. And also just fucking the story, which is essentially nothing if you just play through the game and don't read anything. There's no story. You're just like a guy who kills everything. And you got to the end. But if you pay attention and like watch YouTube videos about all the shit, it's one of the best stories in any video game. As far as like a universe that's built and like all this amazing lore that goes back all the way through all the video games and theories that people have. Like if you think Westworld has a shit ton of theories, this <laughs> fucking video game series will blow your head off as far as like people arguing about it. Like there's subreddits that are... About like the storyline? Yeah, the storyline and how every game where it fits in in them and then why the world is this or how this character got to be where they are at this time because there's a bit of time any, travel and shit. any basis to any of that well because there's, oh, there's comic book series now so yeah but yeah. It, well even with the, yeah like there's definitely basis because the thing the game does is like tells you very little as you play it but the stories in the item descriptions for each thing you pick up so like you'll kill a boss and and he'll drop an item, which is awesome for you. You get to like learn all this, sh- like get an awesome new weapon, which you might just go ahead and grab that weapon and move on. But if you read the description of like how you got that weapon and then like you make it in or how you got that soul, I should say, and then turn it into a weapon and then read about that weapon. Like you're learning a lot about that character that really adds to the story in a way that no other game does it like that. Like no other game makes you find its story. Yeah. It makes you read to figure out what the fuck is going on which is totally unnecessary to the game it's i think an awesome game with all it without all that but definitely adds to it in a way that games just don't do and for that that's why i think it's the best game this year nice. so uh we're gonna move on to movie of the year do you guys want to take a quick break uh, we can take a quick break yeah come back well we'll take a stop here we'll listen to another ad and we'll be back with Movie of the year and favorite thing of the year. My favorite thing. Tums. Tums. It's Tums. Hey, this is Craig Wade. And Brian Allen Delaney from B-Movies and Ebooks, a podcast about cult and horror films and genre fiction. You can catch new episodes on iTunes and Stitcher every Wednesday, or you can watch us live on Blab.im Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Central. B-Movies and Ebooks. We bleed fiction. And we're back. We're going to go with our favorite movies of the year and our favorite thing, which I guess is kind of... I don't even know what my fucking favorite thing is. I got to kind of think on that. But we'll start with the movies. So, uh, Cody, it's your third favorite movie of the year. Well, I had to think hard about this section because, in my opinion, 2016 was disappointing for me when it comes to movies. That's fair. It was really, uh, like... Superhero heavy. 
like the whole yeah. Deadpool, um, Avengers, like that. Those were the blockbusters of the year. There wasn't really much. Yeah, for, and, and well, and the for DC original ones, content, yeah. really. You know, what I mean. Yeah, no, I'm with you 100. percent There was lacking in like that thing that I would think of is like that's the Academy Award movie. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't really a thing. So. I just recently watched this movie recently. <laughs> recently, <laughs> I watched it recently. Yeah, fucking right, Cody. Have have some more whiskey. <laughs> but um, uh, is the Neon Demon by um, Nicholas Winden Refn, yeah. who directed Drive, which I will say is probably my favorite movie of all time. And it was weird as fuck, mm-hmm. which I expected. Um, really dry, which I expected like minimalist on on the dialogue a little more talky than his uh last couple movies uh only god forgives and drive but i i really like the concept of the film of just uh, a take on the modeling industry and what it does to women yeah and how they treat each other and witches and kind of witches yeah I mean, and a really cool supernatural edge to it at the very end yeah, and I guess that's what kind of captivated me. And I'll, I'll spoil it right now just to like kind of spoil it. Yeah, well, fuck just full spoilers for just, just to explain yeah. why I really liked it, because you can still rewatch it knowing the end. It's still it'll still be just fucking weird is like I took it metaphorically. But at the end of the movie, the this beautiful model girl who is the main character, who everyone adores almost to a supernatural level. She's almost a myth. Um, like yeah, a like a pretty, god like yeah. goddess among people and th- these fellow models end up like literally devouring her yeah to like try to gain her, her power <laughs> eat her i yeah. feel like that there's like a greek myth or something that probably yeah. story up that we yeah. just did, we, we were oblivious to or something. It, it, it definitely could, seems like it's totally a thing 100 yeah. and but yeah so you could take it as a metaphor or you could also just watch it as a really creepy horror movie I well, love not, that aspect yeah, of it. Even a horror movie that it turns... Like, it's not even a horror movie until the last 20 minutes, really. Like, it's a creepy movie up till then. It's, it's like a... Like, I wouldn't say horror movie. But it... I... It made me feel uncomfortable... On many every, times for many reasons. At, like, the whole spectrum of feeling uncomfortable <laughs> nailed. Like, I didn't feel uncomfortable for the same reason twice. No, yeah, I'm with you. Is it on it's my a toes movie filled for uncomfortable. With, there's very few movies that I uh, I look at as like fantastic movies that I'll not watch again. And it's not impossible that uh, maybe I'll watch this again. The other one I think of is um, shit. What's the name of that movie? Uh, I won't, doesn't matter. This one makes me feel sick the whole time. Mm-hmm. Pretty much makes me feel sick. Everything that's even slightly make like in the movie, where I feel like it's not meant to make me feel sick. Still, makes me feel the sick. the entire time I watched it. I felt like I had a sharp knife touching my teeth. Yeah, I, yeah, that's a pretty good uh, <laughs> metaphor to what's happening in this. Like it, it, it's uncomfortable. Everything's uncomfortable. I thought that everything that kind of made you feel uncomfortable wasn't so much the the visuals, because it was like a lot of the sounds and the silences and the weird ambient noises and like when i say it's not so much like the visuals i mean definitely was the visuals not necessarily what was happening you know like the violence wasn't actually that horrific it was 
the lighting and the fucking yeah. the filming. Well, there's I, also I really feel... cool moments of like psychedelicness in that film for like up to like five minute scenes where it'd be just to go to another universe. Reminded me a lot of Jodorowsky. Oh, I was going to say Stanley Kubrick. And Stanley Kubrick. Absolutely. Yeah, you brought absolutely. up 2001 while we were watching it. Yeah, it's it seemed like... No, I, I get that. Like uncomfortable silence is like accompanied with uncomfortable visuals. Like it, there's few directors that really do that where they they make silences as uncomfortable as, as the director does. Well, like, yeah, the, it's like, kind of like the Jeff Lemire effect. Where like like less is more. Yeah, it, it, and I appreciate that about um, Nicholas Winding Refn. I yeah. have a hard, the hardest time pronouncing <laughs> yeah. his name, and I apologize if it if I did it wrong. But he's the master of that. I think like really he is. proved it with Drive. Where, yeah, like, Ryan Gosling was able to say a million things with ten seconds of silence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and this one made me feel sick. Like it really did, and and I know that that's it's certainly not the most fun fucking movie in the world. No. It's the least fun movie in the no, world. No, it wasn't but fun. But I'll tell you right now, it's fucking beautiful. Oh yeah, shot gorgeous. gorgeously. Yeah. Lost innocence, corruption. Yeah, it's, it's a story, man. It's telling a it's telling a true story. Uh, Th- that's the fucking world we live in, and yeah. so the world we live in is disgusting. Yeah, and if it makes us feel that way, maybe that's the feeling he wanted us to walk away yeah with. as far as like the reason i think it's worthy of any mention in any like top lists or anything like where, how are you putting your top three is it if a movie's made meant to make you feel something this movie is perfect well, yeah and i thought about it after yeah i, I, I haven't stopped a lot of movies haven't lingered with me like this one kind of has which is cool yeah it's exactly. a different way of running a story I yeah it's awesome i think it's I mean, best not to think about it yeah, well, that's kind of like probably it was like the I point. finished no, the movie. It, it I'm like that it, was. It didn't actually disturb me. We're like, I, I'm into fucked up shit. Well, yeah, when it I comes hear to you. fiction. It's fiction in the end, you know. Exactly, but I mean, uh, there's something to you be mean said. It didn't happen. No, but but the, like, well, it probably like probably has happened. I'd like to hope it hasn't happened. <laughs> there's probably that's a case. Fair. I hope it has. I think Los Angeles has I mean, a lot of people. If if the point of a piece of art is to make you think about it, this movie tops that list. Like, definitely is worth talking about. Like. It and an original story that he wrote and directed. And is beautiful and, and makes me feel sick as fuck. Yeah. But great film. For sure. What about you, Greg? Number three. So, number three. Jungle Book came out last year, eh? Yeah. I mean, you guys are going to have the Jungle Book on a Jungle Book scale was on this podcast. We're not I know you keep So, you're going to drop the Jungle Book. It's on all of our lists. Well, let's just get out of the way. It was number two on mine. Number what about th- you, Kyle? Number one. So we got the full spectrum there, which is kind of the point, right? You know, like it was a perfect movie, but that doesn't make it my favorite film. Uh, no. no, that's fair. But I do love that we came up with the Jungle Book scale. <laughs> as the perfect you, movie. You doing that as being that's the perfect movie. It was the perfect movie. And it's number three on your list and higher on ours. Which is hysterical to yeah, me. I have so do, is your number one movie plus something on the Jungle Book scale? It has things that the Jungle Book movie could never have. Yes, that's fair. I mean, scale <laughs> can't have stormtroopers in the Jungle Book. <laughs> yeah. <I guess> not. <laughs> so I guess let's take this time. We'll talk about the Jungle Book. I don't imagine there's any movie that we'll have a higher praise for, Cody. Um, but yeah, like it's just fantastic. I know it, it's it number. The CGI, like it made me excited for. I know, like, well, we're gonna get onto this later, but 
seeing how great the CGI of that movie was made me excited for what they can do with future movies like the Beauty and the Beast or even Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Like these are all movies that are scheduled for this year now, but I think that they're all going to be working off of like the when they have fur, the way that fur moves. Yeah, it's hard that's to a, that's going to open the door for characters you can put in movies. Yeah, I I had I wouldn't want to say like the lowest expectation expectations for this movie, but I certainly didn't have high ones and maybe that's why I consider it so good, but everything about that movie is is pretty well perfect. Two like words. There's nothing there's nothing bad in that movie. John Favreau. Yeah, I I mean fuck. I've yeah. recently yeah. discovered how many movies he's directed that, that are great blockbusters. He yeah. is in he he doesn't seem seemingly have uh like a story type like Wes Anderson or you know fucking even uh the guy that puts Leonardo DiCaprio in all his movies. You know like Martin, Martin Scorsese. Scorsese. You know like John Favreau seems like he is just a proper director where he he works with the script. Yeah, where yeah. he's like okay, I like That's, this story. I'm going to you know I like him a lot. I kind of want to... It's funny to talk about John Favreau because like, I want to talk about him later on as well with my, my second number two choice. But... I thought the, this is number two. No, we're still... Oh, we're still number, number three. One. He hit number three. Uh, number three, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but I, I like John Favreau. He... It's like he remembers what it's like to be a kid and translate that to films like in, in a way that Steven Spielberg... is just going to bring up Spielberg. Yeah, yeah but Steven Spielberg that, does That is it. the way... That's what we think of right? right and it's just like it's a good way where i can be an adult and still watch a kid's movie and not feel like an idiot no because there's something for everyone right yeah it's, but he something does, fantastical for everyone because yeah. like adults can feel nostalgic They're like oh i i remember having an imagination i'm here's the jungle book i'm not even nostalgic for that that wasn't a thing I was it wasn't, a, it wasn't a big movie for me either growing yeah up. i love disney movies obviously but that wasn't the top of my but list. You still knew all the songs. You but no, well, I, I knew the two that were important in this. Yeah, you're right. But like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Everything about that movie works like really, really well. The and there's cast. just nothing to shit on about that movie. The there's not a thing I can boy. pick on. I'm not a fan of CG, but it fucking worked perfectly for doing animals. That's how to do it right. Exactly. He did it with animals. And so you don't have an uncanny value. The boy, the boy did fine. Uh, he did not just fine. I think he did amazing. Yeah, like, like considering the circumstances, yeah, he did. He's great. a kid acting with like tennis balls. Yeah, yeah. and like he had that yeah. weird quirkiness that like the original Mowgli in the animated one had. Like he was more likable. Yeah, he was clumsy, feel, like, jokey, yeah. and it worked well in like the jungle universe, you know. And obviously, voice acting wise, they had an all star cast in this. Oh yeah, for sure. So Scarlett Johansson was even hot as a snake, and she was in yeah. it for like. To, I was uh, a minute and a half. It's like the yeah, only snake I don't I hate, mean, I think. <laughs> there you go. Compared to Planet Earth I two. trust in her. All right. Well, I guess I'll go with my number three, which is um, Deadpool. Deadpool. Which um, I put on number three. It was like a debate. I felt like maybe I should put something else, that something like Neon Demon on there, or even like a more indie type movie. But I just fucking liked that movie. There wasn't, again, kind of like Jungle Book, I didn't really have anything to hate about that movie. I went to it thinking like, oh, this will be another superhero movie. They'll probably fuck up Deadpool entirely. But they didn't. They hit what Deadpool, the things I liked about him in the comics. It was funny. It was Ryan Reynolds doing funny shit. And it was just all around enjoyable. Like, I didn't leave that movie disappointed in any way. I, I had nothing to pick on it for. 
And that's why I think it's number three for me. It really had nothing. The reason why, also right now, it's probably maybe my favorite of the superhero movies so far, just because of how self-aware it was. Yeah, it, it knows to make fun of it. Yeah, like it, it knew every time it was cheesy, it knew it was being cheesy. Um, it was completely aware of the industry right off the bat with the opening credits. Yeah, exactly, which I appreciated. Yeah, that was really good. Um, so it won me over basically right off the bat with that. The comedy's good. I, I'm not crazy for it. Like a lot of people are diehard. Fucking yeah, love like, that movie. Like it's not the funniest comedy in the world, but it's. Definitely, I don't hold it against them for loving it though. No, yeah, and it and it's but it is the funniest superhero movie. So in like a separate genre, it's it's top of that list. You know, well like. The, Marvel and DC, they're becoming genres. Yeah. Well, they're, exactly. they're, they're their own universe. It's beyond a genre at this yeah. point, you know? And especially even with like Marvel, it's definitely tried to lean into comedy. And DC's tried their best to follow with kind of a lot of failures in that uh, regard. But this knew it was a, a comedy, knew it was an R rated comedy, and just executed perfectly. I feel like there was a thousand ways it could have fucked up, and it didn't. It was just funny, like amazingly funny. Like I don't know, uh, amazing might have been a little. Um, so I like the the two random X Men characters they decided to throw in. Yeah, that's it was a per- too, right? it, It's obviously a perfect contrast. A little girl, massive. Yeah, like you're not to the deep uh, knowledge of X Men, and then Colossus who <laughs> looks perfectly like Colossus. And they even make a point to say like, oh, like you're the only ones that like we could we afford. Could, yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. You know, like we couldn't get Wolverine. Yeah. I think that's... The, the fact that it, it was so self-aware is why I, it won me over. Yeah, and why it's a good Deadpool movie, right? Like that's what you want. So that's why it's my... Yeah, I've never read the comics, but like someone's recently explained to me how like meta and breaking the fourth wall that comic is. And yeah. It, it sounds like yeah, a really interesting so. concept. Like that, that movie's done it pretty well, perfect. Other than it doesn't literally visualize breaking the fourth wall, which the comics sometimes yeah. do. Anyway, uh, so you're number two, Cody. Um, or what? I guess just, it was just wait. Ball. I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna throw this out as my number two, and do a quick Google search after because I just remembered a movie that I'm not sure. So when we're, it came we'll out. throw out the whole Jungle Book thing as number two. Well, I'll I'll do it right now because I'm not sure about this movie, but I'll, I'll look it up while I talk about. It. But um, Seth's Dominion, the new documentary about the cartoonist Seth that uh, just came out by the National Film Board of Canada or Ontario, yeah, Canada. And um, what what was great is I already bought it on iTunes when it previously came out, but they re-released it through John Drawn and Corley with like additional comics and photographs which really added to it and it's a good movie like they get interviews with chester brown and joe matt and like interviews with joe matt are i as, guess as for rare context, as it gets uh, well we are like what you always talk about those guys being like toronto three like famous yeah so like this uh, this guy was the comic. cartoonist that like drew alongside um chester brown who wrote the comic that i said was number two earlier that came out this year mm-hmm. mary wept and like the the whole Toronto scene, I've always since I got into any comics, I've been obsessed with. I've talked about it tons on the show, and yeah, this is just a good uh, inside look at like into his process. Where like this guy literally wakes up at seven a.m. every day, starts fucking drawing comics, and doesn't stop until like ten o'clock at night. Has a glass of wine, watches a movie, goes to bed, does the same thing the next day. 
and he's a powerhouse and that's what everyone kind of talks about how he's the only one in the industry who's working on his own graphic novel who's doing covers of magazines who's doing um colors of books for like lemony snicket he just did lemony snicket like the series of unfortunate, unfortunate events. events he just yeah. did his new series all the covers for that like the new comic series? no it's like a like a young adult novel no no i I know the books but i i didn't know if it meant for the literal new series of books no yeah so no it's a netflix show now no but it's it's a different series by this author oh okay yeah he like designs peanuts books and shit like it's great he's fucking always putting out like gorgeous shit constantly and it's cool just seeing the interviews with his friends and shit like did you watch it no i did not the, the, the weird thing about it is they put his um, comics to animation in it, okay. which I didn't know how I'd feel about it. And to be honest, I wasn't really a fan. So, like, they took some of his strips and they animated, animated them. Yeah. And apparently he was okay with it. He liked it, but it definitely took away from what the comic strip originally is. It doesn't tell it any better by any means. Yeah. Like, a comic's written to be a comic. It's not written to be a animated well, show. Well, and certainly when it's, like a comic specifically like comic strip art i can understand yeah. why it would be weird to see anime. but now it's cool just to see the insight into like the way one of your favorite artists actually works on a day-to-day basis and like he lives in guelph and that's my hometown so it's cool to see like him going to spots that like i grew up around yeah that's pretty cool it's definitely one i should watch I haven't had a chance to yeah it's really interesting what about uh you for number two greg for number two yeah I'm definitely going to jump on the superhero bandwagon and say Civil War. Civil War is it number two? Number two, Civil War. And I was going to say about uh, John Favreau is that as much as I like the tone that he introduced into like the Marvel Universe, the Russo brothers, like they did uh, Winter Soldier yeah. and they, they did Civil War. They're going to do the... Infinity, whatever the fuck. Are they called. doing Infinity? That's Pretty sure. Infinity Wars, or whatever and they're I, like they like kind of changed the tone, and it seems kind of more like a. I don't know. This is gonna sound terrible to say, but like Winter Soldier and Civil War, like the Captain America part seemed more like a better Jason Bourne movie. Like, I get that. Yeah. And like they were even saying like they kind of wanted to steer away, and as silly as this may sound for an Avengers movie, but like from the like the heavy use of CGI and using props as much as possible, and it makes the action scenes seem more intense. But Civil War had forget the action and fucking had everything yeah like no uh, civil war is definitely one of mine like uh, it was in my consideration for third of my list like i really did like that movie it's nothing like the comic really like no, i mean it has the right moments i feel but still even though it didn't hit the comic beats i felt like it was a great movie I, it's always cool to see everyone come together like i re- always remember watching like animated series of like spider-man shit when you see the crossover events so this was the crossover event of the Marvel Universe. Well, other than Avengers, right? Like, obviously, the first Avengers, the great moment is, like, their this one, this first, one was like, like, classic, the, though. Like, I feel like this see, one was a little more. Yeah, we get to see, like, everyone together. You New know, Spider-Man. All, like, Spider-Man. Ant- Ant-Man, yeah. Spider-Man, the Black yeah. Panther, the Vision. Yeah. But um, you know what? Him. Now that I'm saying this, man, I actually think I like Cap's story arc more. Like, those were all just treats. Like, I am I really like the Winter Soldier story arc. I, I feel like that's maybe where... It was great for uh, the Winter Soldier part, like, like the fact that they're describing his love for Bucky, like, that that was great. But it didn't have the comics impact. I felt like is what he was arguing for. Oh no! It was it was a different, uh, well for sure a different argument. 
Though I like it because through all the movies, it's leading up to Civil War, like Cap is losing faith in S.H.I.E.L.D. and the government in yeah. every instant possible. And then finally, he's just like, no, fuck it. And Bucky's a good breaking point. Yeah, no, for me. I, I think they did that as good as they could like have. It like, worked other than him full on being like, well, fuck the government, I'm out. Like, uh, and it's and like Civil War is the first time where we actually get to, like, I guess we were we were rewarded with the, with the Avengers, like everything cultivated with the first Avengers movie. But I think that the Civil War movie was actually a bigger payoff from everything that they've done, not necessarily like in a story, but... It brought, like you said, it brought together everything that the Marvel Universe was offering. I, I feel like it was definitely the proper Avengers 2 movie. Like, you know, like, we all saw Avengers 2, and that was all right. But Civil War is the real Avengers 2. Yeah. You know what all, I mean? Like, Age of Ultron is not that good at all. Yeah, exactly. But if, if you also look at it as, like, the climax of of Captain America, it, it should have went I'll out I'll tell you, bang. as much yeah. as I'm excited for the Infinity War, whatever the hell it's called, Captain America 3... Or I guess four. That's what I want to see. They're doing another? I don't know, but they have to. Like, the way that it just ends, like... Well, they can just continue with Avengers. You're right, but I like where it's in the balance right now. You know, Cap just sends Tony Stark a phone, and he's just like, I'm not coming in, but if you ever need me, I'll be there. And then it just cuts to Tony getting a phone call saying that the prison holding all of the, the people that were from the Civil War basically got broken into. You know, and Tony's like, ah, oh, fuck it. <laughs> no, I, I, I love that movie. I mean, I, it's one of those things where I had so much hype. I, the only thing I can compare it to was Spider-Man three. I had a shit ton of hype where like I'd read so many of those comics and watched so many of those shows, and I really thought like Spider-Man three, oh, this is gonna be the awesome thing, and it, it sucked. Everything about it was a bust. And this, everything about it was different than the comic. Well, like, not everything, but a lot of it was different than the comic. But I loved the story anyway. I mean, we, like, almost skipped and giggled on the way out. Yeah, no, it, there was nothing to hate about it, even though it had done things different. Which I give a lot of respect to them, because it's hard to do something different than the comics and get a lot of love. You know, like, most people are looking for what they just read. I watched it today. Huh? I've watched it, like, three or four times since they put it on Netflix. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> oh, God, my number two... Uh, was the nice guys? Have you guys seen that movie? Mm-hmm. I haven't. It's good. Movie. It's a good cast. I mean, I like me some Russell Crowe. Yeah, so it's Russell Crowe and um, Ryan Gosling. Thank you. Uh, playing for a second, and uh, it's just a tec- detective story. It's a talkie. Oh, really? I haven't even heard about it, man. It's talkie. It's, it's, it's a talkie. talkie. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I guess it's it's lethal weapon. So, it, so, so Gosling's a little chatty in this one? They're all a little chatty. <laughs> yeah, they're all, they're they're all really chatty. chatty. It's a chatty... <laughs> <laughs> we sound like a bunch of old men. How chatty is this? Uh, <laughs> it's a Hollywood talkie. Yeah. But um, it was just uh, just a fun fucking movie all the way through. Like Those two guys together, I, I'm in. Yeah, everything about it is just right there when you watch the opening credits or the opening 10 minutes it's there what this movie's going to be and there's a mystery they show you and then they solve that mystery and that's it there's nothing a huge surprise to it or anything like that but it's funny all the way through it's well shot it feels like that era of movie that isn't really those movies don't exist anymore you know you don't get to see your stereotypical fucking 80s detective 
story that often. And uh, this movie was super underrated. No one went to see this fucking thing. It bombed in the box office. Uh, it's made a little bit of money since. But, or, but movies where Ryan Gosling isn't being a hot man in it don't do as well as movies where Ryan Gosling's yeah. acting. And he's kind of the, he's the <laughs> piece of shit of this movie. Like he's, he is a great piece of shit. Yeah, exactly. That, that's his whole thing in this, and he does it well. Where you're like, this guy's likable because Doesn't he's attractive, he have, like, some, like, but dirty, he's a piece of shit. Dirty tattoos and that. Uh, I don't really remember if he has dirty tattoos. Like, so okay, okay. Dirty <laughs> Easy with the dirty tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like, well, why? What are we, who are we offended with? Uh, you just sound like you're fantasizing over there. You oh no, <laughs> popping boners over there. <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't know. That, that movie's just it set out to do something and it did it perfect. Yeah, cool. And uh, it's definitely worth a check out for Any everybody. Any big director or anything behind it? Oh, I honestly don't even know no? the director off the top of my head. I I don't even remember hearing about this movie. Yeah, to be was, honest, when you, when you said that, I was thinking like Mark Wahlberg. Or, you would think by the, the title it would be Mark Wahlberg, oh, and no. actually what am by I the genre, the other guys, the the, the other, other guys. guys. So yeah. what, what's this one? The nice guys. The nice guys. And okay. it's not that far off of what the other guys is yeah. but i mean it's it's just better in every way really and just a movie i feel like not enough people talked about and deserves credit for what it did cool all right well so i already told you what my number one was which was dominion and number two is jungle book which greg already went over um i'm just gonna give an honorable mention i guess honorable mention yes um this was a movie that I randomly went to go see just because uh, an old friend invited me and it was um, Arrival. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, I went into that not really expecting anything. And it was a really good hard science film, essentially, where it had some nice um, sci-fi um, visual effects. I've, I've never seen it in a film. Which is always a nice treat with a new movie, especially these days. It's hard to do. It got good reviews. I never saw it. Um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of Amy Adams, but she does a fucking really good job at the role. It is what it is. Um, there's a little like, I don't know. The ending's a little wishy-washy, <laughs> but that happens. There's some time travel elements. Oh yeah, that, that that always fucks with shit, right? But leading up to there, um, just the whole concept of communicating with aliens is cool and it's based on a short story i'm pretty sure which i would love to read because i feel like it would maybe translate better as a short story without the big hollywood shine on it so i had to step out for a second so what was it i'm talking about arrival i'm just giving it an honorable mention because i already told my number i haven't one. actually seen that movie it was really good i wanted to and i honestly feel like <laughs> the hype wise i would have thought that would be my number one I, people hype that movie up like crazy oh really yeah, yeah see because i was just saying that i randomly went to go see it a friend invited me ben Oh, yeah. It was just randomly one day, and I got a lot of contact vibes from it. Yeah, that's what I mean. And uh, me and Ben were really into that movie. Me and Ben, an old friend of mine, we watched Contact when we were like 10 years old, right after we grabbed our radios and like pointed them to the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, I that's the, like, if I had an honorable mentions list of like shit I didn't see, but I feel like I would have loved. <laughs> Two honorable mentions for Arrival. Yeah. Oh, you honorable movie. I got nothing honorable for it. Well, Sorry, guys. Yeah, I don't either. I haven't well, seen haven't it. Seen I haven't seen it. Heard it's, heard yeah, it's but I don't even kind of want to see it either. So. No, that's fine. You like shitty. <laughs> okay, we're not going we're, we're oh, to keep this lighter. Oh, steady. <laughs> steady. It's hard to argue with anything that I put on my lists. 
I I could have argued with everything, but so I'm I'm, I'm, nice. <laughs> I've already said my number one, which was Jungle Book. Yeah. Uh, so we'll leave it just up to Greg. The last number one movie. And I have a feeling I know what it is, but uh, I'm going to wait and see. I don't. I probably do, but I haven't really thought about it, to be honest. The greatest movie that I saw in 2016 would definitely have been Star Wars. Rogue One. Rogue One, which I went and saw three times in the theater. Okay, I should So did that. I. <laughs> and, um, it was a 50-50 chance in my head between that and Batman versus Superman. It could have gone either way. Oh, no. That, like, that movie is good, but I'm not going to like argue it. I get why people don't like it. Yeah, it's been getting destroyed lately. I still haven't seen it. But, uh, I mean, I like it. I might even watch it later on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. But uh, honorable mention. <laughs> honorable <done>. mention. <laughs> We've done almost a whole podcast on Rogue One, but I still would like to hear what the love is there for you. Because I considered it almost putting it in my list, but I just, just barely. I, I said before that, like, my favorite thing, like, I, I, I consume Star Wars on the reg. On the D, like uh, all the time, on constantly. the regular, on the regular, like between books and comics and TV shows, I'm getting Star Wars regularly. You're which subscribed. I'm subscribed, <laughs> which I kind of feel like some other people who who aren't getting it as much put more weight on the movies. Like me or Cody, right? And I'm not saying that I don't. I but the movies can't go be wrong. I mean, I'm just here to consume Star Wars. But because of all the shit that I am consuming, Rogue Rogue One rewarded me. You know, it was the first time that kind of took a nod. How did it reward you? Like it acknowledged all my hard work that I put in and consuming all the extended I Star think, Wars. I think he means by like there was a reference to Rebels. Like just not, like not even that, but I mean other it, movies I, like just there was a lot more nods to the to the universe that they're pumping out there. Like whereas before the extended universe wasn't really acknowledged in any way. Now they're building this canon universe and they're saying like, oh, it's not just for if you're reading the books like. You don't need to have read the books, but if you have, here's a cool nod for you in the movie, you know, and it's like finally it's it's just a nice rewarding treat. I I will say that that movie definitely makes me want to be like Greg in the sense of consuming all of Star Wars, because I mean, uh, we Greg and I, we've been watching every Star Wars that's come out since. And if not, those been rewatching the old ones for a long time. But you've been reading the books and the comics and those didn't matter after a certain point. But no. uh, now they do. This is the first time like you're saying they do. There is references. But in this even movie the young too. adult novels. I was looking into it today because I was I was thinking about writing a, an article for this new website I'm writing for about um, what's canon in Star Wars novels right now and what what you need to read and what you don't need to read. And I was doing some research about it. And apparently like there's young adult novels yeah. that are telling shit that is apparently canon that is nowhere else that's like meant for like eight-year-olds yeah but a lot of that stuff though is like characters that are irrelevant but they'll maybe establish oh it's not massive shit it's like all oh, these planets exist but, or yeah. uh or, the, or this spaceship actually was later in the timeline Just, because because yeah. they introduced that's a big thing with rogue one it was they introduced a lot of new ships and they're like well why would those ships disappear and why wouldn't we see them at the end of Return of the Jedi, when it was basically an all-out effort from both sides, yeah, we would see everything that they like, had why offered. Is there yeah. the, why don't we see like the the Death the, Troopers or whatever, or that the I'm forgetting the wing type they call it that changes. Like, yeah, there's uh, there's a lot wings. of different Tie like, Fighters yeah, and yeah. U wings and why stuff like that. Them? Why, yeah, but um, with all these fucking new side plots, I guess they can fill in all the gaps that they need. Yeah, and I feel like like Greg's right now that these matter. 
They definitely matter. They're the, in the movies. The, and that was my, it should not my argument affect before. the main. Okay. The it way I look at it movie. is I should be able to watch eight and still get everything from it. I think I agree. I, yeah. I agree. Like, 100%. They could still be an Easter egg or two. Like, That's whatever. exactly like, it. But I feel like fuck? Rogue One worked it perfectly. It was right? It was perfect. We it all was... understood that movie, but Greg got a little bit more because a little bit more effort he put into it. It was that's it and was that's just, the right it way was to do it. It was perfect. And I'm already now just counting down for next Star Wars. Well, we're all doing that, I'm but sure. But I mean if if to get into the extended universe, man, I'd say the easiest way or the most the greatest thing so far for me was the Clone Wars TV show. You know, it's it was the greatest. It might even be my favorite Star Wars. That's all done now, right? Yeah, it just. Like, do you ends. think they've filled in all that timeline, or is there still books about that timeline, or like that that part in history? Oh well, right now it's definitely the era that we have the most information about. Yeah, I feel like yeah, they've dwelled a lot, a lot on that. Yeah. Do you think that's just them making up for how shitty two and three were? That is, I do think that is. Yeah, kind of the case. I think it was just like the first time that they realized that maybe they could get away with doing it and seeing how far they could go with it, and it started out really small. You know, with like we could just show battles of the Clone Wars, and then it got into this much longer, drawn out. Not really, like not. I'm not saying longer and drawn out, but they, like, they started to see how far they could go with these stories and these characters. People did and like. these characters that are fucking great. They like, took the parts of the prequels that people liked and turned it into something. It, it's like I, you know, even now, like I've watched Clone Wars like, probably three or four times. It's a good way to start the day. Throw on some Star Wars before I go to work. All right, well, now that we're all done with the movies, we'll finish with uh, everybody's favorite thing. And uh, I'll I'll start it off since you guys have got the opportunity to go on. And uh, I've sat here. I've thought about it while I was going on because I didn't have a pick really when we started this. I, I just thought of mine right now. So mine was at first one thing, but I'm going to combo it. So it's a combo. It's Pokemon... And Ryan Gosling. <laughs> it's both. Ryan Gosling, I, I choose <laughs> you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Elaborate. So, um, wait, on which part? What, what are you going to want? The whole to package, maybe. Because <laughs> 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 I'm assuming it's a combo. Well, no, it, I couldn't decide between the two. Oh, really so it's good. just two different things. It's not. It's not Ryan Gosling as a Pokemon. No, I thought. I thought you had like Ryan Gosling as there was a connection. Ketchum. No, it's a, it's just a, it's a solid. I, time. I thought you had an idea. <laughs> no, uh, so solid. Pokemon was what I was gonna say because there was good games this year and because of Pokemon Go, I just really appreciate the whole world loves some Pokemon. It was great. I loved going to like walking through a park or anything like that or going to a park or going anywhere at all at night for a few months and people were out there playing Pokemon. And regardless of whether or not I was, people were yelling about fucking, oh, over here there's Snorlax screaming about it. That was pretty cool. I think as an awesome thing that I enjoyed, regardless of that game, I enjoyed Pokemon a lot this year. But also, I enjoyed me some Ryan Gosling. (laughs) And what? In La La Land and in The Nice Guys. Oh, yeah. Those okay. are both solid seen, movies. I haven't seen either. Uh, La La Land he, he didn't make my top He just won the award three. for Best Actors. So. Yeah, for and, and it didn't make my top, but I definitely appreciate that motherfucker. He's acting his dick off and some shit. And, <laughs> and he's mention. a Canadian. You gotta love that. Honorable so that's, uh Those are my two. Nice. Doing good. I know that the Golden Globe might mean a lot to you, Ryan, but I feel like the two versus three favorite thing of the year. 
You deserve it. Put that on your IMDb page. Exactly. <laughs> Cody, what about you? Well, I'm going to be honest. It might not be their best year of publishing ever, but my favorite thing of 2016 is John Corley. Just because everything that they do is basically gospel to me. <laughs> <laughs> Including that book about gospel. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Anytime that, like... A, a new Chester Brown book comes out. It's it's good. I'm pretty sure he, he puts out books like every five, six years now. Oh. <laughs> but so no, but no, like John Corley, I, I've kind of hard to stand on like what I like about them and <laughs> how's that going. But I'm I'm listening. Yeah, you're taking a nap and breathing in the mic. I'm not <laughs> even breathing in the mic. No, well, I could hear it. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were doing it until <laughs> I could hear it. <laughs> anyways yeah just just saw a lineup of books and anytime they put something out i'm reading up about it favorite thing in 2016 for sure all right greg what's your favorite thing tums just tums i like tums he likes tums and jeff lemire jeff That's lemire what I was definitely for. wins 2016 and he narrowly beat out star wars i assume well there was just more Jeff Lemire than Star Wars this year. That's saying something. There's a lot of Star Wars this year. There's a lot of Jeff Lemire. <laughs> There's a lot of Jeff Lemire. That's I <laughs> I actually decided, yeah, I started my own, like, I have a box exclusively for Jeff Lemire, and it's pretty hefty. Yeah? Like, but you you mean a comic book box? Well, so, l- let's try to round up, round up just off them. the top of our heads what he's done this year. This year? He did Plutona. Black, Black Hammer. I contributed one. He's it got Moon Knight. Moon Knight. He Blood. just got Descender. Descender and Bloodshot. Yeah, five. Uh, Thanos, um, Thanos just Thanos. came out. He did uh, uh, um, Hawkeye. De- Death the, of X. The seven, uh, eight. Uh, X-Men versus Inhumans. Yeah. Did you do anything DC this year? Like I Superman don't know about or something? this year. No. Because last year he was. Just, just asking, throwing it out there. Doesn't so we're, at, we're at least nine titles he's been fucking putting out this no, one year. I feel year. like there's something else that we're like. That's not nine comics. That's nine titles. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the guy works. The guy's got a book out every fucking week. Oh, after death. After death, <laughs> ten. <laughs> Jesus fuck. And that's like a graphic novel. Oh wait, what was the the other one? Did you guys ever see it? The with the hip. What was that one? Oh man, it's Secret Path. Secret Path. Secret Path. <laughs> Holy fuck! Yeah, like yeah. massive CBC coverage. Like yeah. Gord Downey. Man, he. Yeah, man, he's been killing us. Jesus fuck! You put and you're it on right, there. and you know what? And there are more because he does write. Uh, there's some more Marvel titles I think that he was doing yeah. that I wasn't getting. I feel like it's fair. Probably, man. That we can say that uh, as a podcast, we'd all be willing to probably give at least a nod. To Jeff Lemire is a favorite thing. Yeah, I I just did a, an article on top five Canadians that changed comic book history, and I, I threw him on there. There you go. Got a lot of shit for not including Todd McFarlane. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Oh, right, but like right, in this Reddit household? Did not, Reddit did, no, Reddit oh. did not like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. But no, Jeff Lemire, man. Like, I'll be honest, I don't buy um, most of his superhero stuff. I'll, buy, I'll always buy issue one. Because you got it. It might be worth something, and just cause sport sport your boy. But Roughnecks coming up this year, yeah, that's gonna be so fucking good. It's supposed to be out in April, I think. I guess yeah, that's the last thing we should probably finish with is uh, what do we hype for for next year? To the or well, this year, 2017. 
Well, I'll start with Roughneck. That's what I'm excited for. This is like his first like solo graphic novel since the Underwater Welder. And I think yeah, it's I think it's going to be very along the lines of that and uh, Essex County. It's a story about a hockey player, supposedly that uh, not supposedly. <laughs> this is this is what it's about. It's about a hockey player that who got like I guess kicked out of the NHL or the hockey league that he was in or something because he was too violent. Hmm. So kind he ended like up goon moving, or he ended up moving up north. Yeah, he was a goon for sure. He hmm. ended up moving up north and just like getting in bar fights, being like the town tough guy. And his sister. Uh, Runs away from her abusive boyfriend and ends up coming up to visit him. Oh, that sounds and it's about them like reconnecting about like childhood. And then he comes back, the abusive boyfriend, and it's about how this violent guy deals with that. I didn't even know what it was about. Oh, there you go. Sounds pretty interesting. And it's written and drawn by him. And that's always a fucking gem. It's and true. he's also got Royal City coming out, a mm. new image title, written and drawn by him. It's so probably going to be my favorite thing this year and last. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, like George right. Jones. So the thing I'm most excited for next year is uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. It's a video game. Uh, I don't know if either of you guys have played uh, any of the Mass Effect games. But no, it, I got it. I got all three of them on Steam one time for like twelve bucks. Totally like, the most. The, that's the best twelve bucks you've ever spent. Oh, yeah, but it won't run. But, oh, the, right, but the day yeah. I get a good PC and I yeah, get my Steam account on oh, there, man, are you kidding me? Oh, they're amazing. All those games are fantastic. Like. uh my favorite series of the last generation of consoles and uh andromeda seems like it'll be pretty cool it comes out pretty soon too somewhere well, in march they're the games where like it if the storyline in the first one affects the second game yeah like, they, it's your preloaded save, save game yeah. yeah exactly carries over i'll also give a little honorable mention to the nintendo switch 250 dollars apparently yeah that's what i've heard well american we'll see how it goes here our, Our dollar is pretty shit right now yeah yeah, so we'll see. <laughs> but uh, either way, I'm Shit. saving already. Uh, Greg, what about you? Um, well, besides Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Classic. I mean, I there are people who've been waiting for this way longer than me. I will say this. But March 17th. Legalization of marijuana? Twin Peaks. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, might not be, it might not be March, actually. I think it's... Uh, 420? No, they did release the date. <laughs> they released the date. Anyway, Twin Peaks is coming out this year. Oh. But no, I think March 17th might actually be uh, the second thing I'm excited for, which is the Iron Fist TV show. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. But yeah, Twin Peaks, man. Twin Peaks. Fucking right. Yeah. We, we Man, we caught on to that show at the perfect fucking time. But that's Netflix. And yeah. it wouldn't have Power happened Netflix. without Netflix. Yeah, if like it wasn't for people like you watching it on Netflix, it wouldn't have got a, another season. But anyway, that's been our favorite things of 2016, which um, I hope you enjoyed. Stamp fun. <laughs> yeah, if you exactly. haven't watched or read any of these things, you, you definitely should. should. And then you should go to bmoviesandebooks.com and uh, check out all the podcasts there. There's a bunch of amazing podcasts, uh, Nerds on the Left, B&E. Uh, every, everything on, on the basement on hell. They're all fantastic, and you should go there and you should comment on what you guys thought about all the things we picked. Yeah, you should also go. L- let us know your favorite things too. Yeah, uh, give us your top three for everything. You should go to Twitter and follow us at two verse three. Uh, I'm at Kyle R Hodge. You can follow Cody at Lame Books. You should also check out his articles on bmoviesandebooks.com and at uh, or am reading. Yeah, buddy. And uh, Greg at Greg underscore Moser 420. And check out all the stuff you've done on B-Movies and ebooks as well. And that's about it. Mm-hmm. I'm Kyle. I'm Cody. 
Oh, I'm Greg. I thought you were going to say it. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have a happy 2017, guys.